A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Ahsoka Tano and Sabine Wren have somewhat mended their already fractured relationship to go find their friend Ezra Bridger, who seems to be in a neighboring galaxy. But the way is blocked, and the only way that they can find is through a map that is held by Balin Skull and his apprentice Shin Hadi. While on their trail, they not they the two arrive at the planet Asitos, where not only do they realize they that their adversaries are on the planet's surface, but they find a massive hyperspace ring. And they realize they're also on their way to the neighboring galaxy. While in a conflict about, around the ring, Shin manages to knock out to knock out Ahsoka's ship, and she is down on the planet Setos. They are on the way to find their adversaries and the map itself. And this is where our story continues in Ahsoka episodes four and five here on Fake Nerds Watch. I am Ben Magnet. I am here with my bros, Brandon T. McClure. Hello, hi. Uh, the episode's titles are Fallen Jedi and Oops. I got it. I got it. Shadow Warrior. There we go. And of course, I was Sparks Witty. It's a turning into a recap of one episode, but we're not going to give a description of the next in that opening. Mm. And basically recapped episode four. No, in episode summary. Who's Anakin Skywalker? No episode. No episode four is when they like they're on the planet surface. Episode four when they get to the surface. What? Anyway, hey, I'm Ryan Oyopolis. We're here to talk about two lovely episodes of Ahsoka. Right? It's two episodes you watched? Yeah, episode four, episode five. uh, First episode of Fallen Jedi. Directed by Peter Ramsey, written by Dave Filoni. And of course, Dave Filoni writes the entire series. So, Uh, Shadow Warrior, which is episode five, was directed by Dave Filoni as well. Peter Ramsey of Into the Spider-Verse fame. Yeah, good for him. Doing, uh, I think he directed like a Mando or, or two too. He's, he's yeah, he went from Into the Spider Verse to Mandalorian and then now to Ahsoka. Good for him. He directed yeah. some some pretty good action. If, if I don't say so myself. Um, well, I'll, you want to oh, go? Well, I was going to say like I, I I think that these two episodes are very good. So let's get started with episode four. I believe we're going to do four and then we'll do five because five is a pretty chunky episode. I don't want to like um, I don't want to I don't want to cross pollinate too much. But episode four. Uh, there, the uh, the ship needs to be fixed. Uh, and I, my first note is I really like the actress who plays Sabine. I really mm-hmm. do. I think she's great. I think she's delightful. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I liked I liked episode four quite a lot. Uh, I liked the series. Uh, thankfully, you know, again, you know, uh, uh, your your mileage on Star Wars will vary, but like I think if you if you meet the show halfway, I think it'll it'll give a lot to you. Again, especially if you are fans of previous Star Wars things, such as Rebels, which they Filoni created and you know did all that stuff for. So, like, um, I think all the character stuff's really great. Um, I haven't totally loved all the action in this show, but I think this has the best action in Episode Four, uh, and it's pretty much an action-packed mm-hmm. episode of nothing but lightsaber battles. But they all mm-hmm. felt, you know, like you know, personal. They're not just there to be there. You know, like it felt like they all had like fun conflict in between each battle. Um, and I think it's really cool, and it left us in an interesting place. And then episode five happens. So, like, uh, I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to be enjoying the show. Uh, Xander, 
friend of the show Xander, because I, I at this point I've recorded a Lower Decks episode with him, um, mm. said that this is the only show he turned off halfway through the first episode. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, you know, because I wanted to comment on what you were saying about like, if you meet the show halfway, it's going to give it's going to give you a lot. And for us who have seen Rebels, there's a lot here. There's a lot here um, that we can mine. And and I'm so happy that we are here and that for the most I, I really like the show. I'm not going to say for the most part. I do. I really like the show. Um, I think as we get further along, I am curious if there's going to be people who are like our like friend of the show Xander who are just kind of like you know what not for me um because I, I did not feel that way in the first episode I thought it was very new watcher friendly but I I hear more and more how people are are, are tuning it off because of uh they feel that rebels is required viewing and I, I don't know if I feel that way uh just to respond to that before I get my other two friends inputs um uh just from online talk um it's not so much even the rebel stuff it's just people think the show is kind of slow and boring and i i will meet them there and say it is slow i it is it, specifically the way dave filoni is like is pacing the show the way people talk the way people walk it's very prequels it's very deliberate it's very slow but like again like i don't i don't necessarily think that's bad it's just you gotta you gotta be there with it and like if you don't if you don't meet it halfway i think it is it is slow but I don't think the thing it is giving you is bad, unlike other shows that are slow and boring. I think this one is just slow and deliberate. Um, and while the, when we get to the action, I think the action is really good. Um, but that's, again, that's just something of like preference of like, if you aren't invested in these characters, if you're just coming to, hey, this is a brand new Star Wars show, it's slow as shit. So like, I'm not gonna, this isn't this isn't an Andor or even like a Boba Fett, right? It is moving at a slow pace. So like, I I will agree with that, but I don't have a problem with that. You know, I, I it is not a problem for me, but again, it is, I'm coming with so much, love for this stuff anyway so it's kind of hard for me to separate it from that yeah i think i think that there's an amount of kind of working against what you're trained to expect from streaming era television especially star wars streaming era television that like the other star wars shows don't generally move this slow it's um, almost like a prestige show. Like I like I'm not gonna say it's as good as like an HBO show. Well, I would even, but it feels like a prestige show in the way it's like it paneling it. Even even uh, I agree to an extent with that, but uh, I think it's also just a show that to to me, and I guess when this comes out, who knows? I might be wrong. Um, but to me, it feels like a show that's structured to be a season one of a long build to a story that they're they're telling. Yeah. And even Mandalorian isn't structured that way. Yeah. You know, like Mandalorian knows that there will be more but like it's it's got its season and it's focused on what it's driving forward it's uh it's not carrying some over large like mystery as the main thrust of the plot of in this context being like are we going to get to Thrawn are we going to get to Ezra how do we get there all that stuff like that's all just driving it and I can I excuse me think episodes one and two are a little slow because I think they have to because they have to kind of hold a lot of hands into I think it would have been faster if it if it had the full expectation if it were a true rebel season five, right? I don't mm -hmm. I think those episodes probably are one episode yeah. and move a lot quicker because you know that there's an audience that doesn't need their hands held through all this information. Um and I think I think that that slows it down. And I'll also even say, like, I not a, this is I'm fine with it. It's not a personal complaint, but I can recognize that realistically episodes three and four probably should have been a single episode mm -hmm. like sure. getting getting out there getting the ship brought down to the planet going and confronting them that's probably all one episode and honestly that would have just been 
probably 60, 65 minutes. So a slightly longer episode, but it would have done all of that information. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if it was worth making people wait an extra week and then a week after that for what would come next uh, instead of just putting those two things together. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I'm going to say I am obviously I'm really enjoying Ahsoka uh, after Rebels. I, I don't want to say Rebels is required viewing, but I will say it definitely helps. I, I mean, of course, it definitely helps. Like you could, de you definitely know what happened to the characters. You know what happened to Ahsoka in that in that series, and all this other stuff that's there. And it help it def it helps. Um, I w the only thing I want to push back or not even push back is I don't know. Because all the, the love I, I've seen, I've been seeing nothing but love for Ahsoka on my Twitter timeline. I've been seeing so many people talk about how the show was great, how um, all the, like, especially the love for Sabine, for, for Hera. I mean, there's there's a little bit of love for Rosario Dasa, but it's mostly about all the Rebels characters and how the show is such a great, essentially this great sequel to Rebels. And I am... Yeah, I said it before. I'll say it again. I absolutely so. I am so glad I sat down and watched the entirety of Rebels because now that is enhancing my love of Ahsoka and on and just like Rebels did before, it's making me fall in love with Star Wars again. There's a certain amount of weird Star Wars that uh, Rebels kind of brought into this idea um, that I I I, re I do really like. You know the the whales that can go through hyperspace the 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 world between worlds like the these things are are not something you're going to see in the films and they are things that you saw in rebels and i so seeing those things translate to live action in this way has been really rewarding for me because it shouldn't be this way but there is a a sense of validation when something comes mm -hmm. to, from animation to live action and i i don't personally believe that but we've talked about it many times on this show um and before the, sh the show was even starting um that you know people who who uh, write off things like rebels will now see this and say and as kind of a validation of, of the thing of the thing um people will now care about thrawn because he's no longer a rebels character he's no longer an animated character he's now a live action character um and so like you have uh so like it's really exciting to see like the weirdness of the force and star wars and all these elements kind of come into this live action space um and really just really fun to see um that's kind of where i'm like man we can't talk about it now but in episode five there's a scene that just like i, I almost wept <laughs> it was so beautiful <laughs> um but yeah, we'll talk about it when we get there mm -hmm. I, sorry, Sparks, did you have something? Well, I, I I think episodes four and five probably would do a lot to get, I don't know, to get more people on board who are maybe not feeling Ahsoka. But even then, like, my wife's enjoying it. My wife acknowledged that she has more knowledge than the average person because of just, like, hearing me talk about things. Um, and that's like more than just the osmosis of like most people are aware that Ahsoka exists if they're even tangentially aware of Star Wars. Like she has more, and then there's her sister, and her sister's like, eh, sure, I don't know, I don't really care. Um, and 
I I do feel like I that's just gonna be a nature of it and the nature of the beast, and it's gonna be really interesting. Um there really will come a point with any of this that people will want to get on board. Um, and it's hard for me not to think that like the previous season of Mando and Book of Boba Fett and Obi-Wan Kenobi probably did this dirty. Like, I think oh, if we're right. in a world where only yeah. the first two seasons of Mando had come out and then this show, there's probably a mm. lot more um, recept- positive reception and, and people wanting to engage with Star Wars and people wanting to come in and meet it at what it wants to be and and really be like, oh, wow, take me on this wild new adventure. Also, uh, and like, I, I think Boba Fett for sure Obi-Wan Kenobi a bit, mm-hmm. I think, too. And um, certainly that last season, Amando. Yeah. Uh, they they did some damage. Mm-hmm. I wish during the marketing, because uh, we're seeing, like, it's, it's a different medium, but, like, with all of DC's new stuff, it's like, hey, we're promoting this thing. Look at the comic that it's based off of, right there. <laughs> I wish any of this Ahsoka marketing was like, hey, are you interested in Ahsoka? We have five seasons of, or four seasons of a TV show you can watch. We have seven seasons of Clone Wars you can watch. She's in all of it. She's in a lot of that shit. And they're not promoting any of that. And I'm like, they don't even care enough about their own properties to promote Ahsoka. So I'm like, I, I feel right. like it's all, like they're not even helping themselves. On that point, Brian, you're absolutely. I think you're absolutely correct in that because I noticed something. Because I let the credits just kind of roll until they get to the little box, and you know, it how it says like play the next episode um, on Disney Plus. I noticed that when I finished episode five, both times, um, it didn't. It didn't say. Now that you're done watching this, watch Rebels or Clone Wars. It said watch Mando. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not watch one episode of Ahsoka in there. You shouldn't you should be telling me after I'm done watching Ahsoka. The algorithm should be telling me once you're done watching Ahsoka to watch Clone Wars or Rebels. <clears throat> Absolutely. Back back when um Mando season two happened and Ahsoka first showed up in live action, uh Disney Plus was promoting like that selected curated yeah. playlist of here's the best Ahsoka episodes from Clone Wars and Rebels you should watch if you want to get to know Ahsoka real quick. And that playlist still exists, but you have to look for it now. Yeah. It's not being promoted along. It wasn't being promoted along with the show in anticipation of it or anything like that. And I think that's a mistake. And I, I also kind of want to use this to talk about like a note. I want to get into the specifics of the episodes, obviously, but before we do that, like being at this moment now, I very firmly feel like putting Ahsoka in that episode in the book of Boba Fett was a mistake. Mm. Um, I oh, feel yeah. like it's so inconsistent with the character arc of who she feels like she is in season two to what we're doing here. Um, who she is when she's standing next to Luke, who who she seems to be presented to be in that episode and you know then all the other things i don't really like about what that episode does um to the story and and things like that and that it didn't belong in book of Boba Fett, yada 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 I mean, but um there's a there seems like a clear line of who she is in that first appearance in the in the jedi episode of mando to this show and that moment with luke feels all kinds of like i don't know is this really how you talk to luke if you're still like, like you're just like so much like your father with a big smile uh, when you're still carrying all this like pain around Anakin, Anakin yeah. and all this kind of stuff. I don't think so. Um, and it just seems so thoughtless of the arc that it was going to be on. Right. Yeah. Just, just, to, just to reiterate on that, I will always, I will shout from the heavens that the Mandalorian episode in Book of Boba Fett is the biggest mistake of that entire miniseries. Uh, I will shout it from the heavens because yeah, that was just 
Mm. We're all Anyways. on the same page on that one, honestly. Yeah, we, yeah, we are. Just, I just got flashbacks. So it's like I am watching the Book of Boba Fett. Why am I with Luke Skywalker? Ben, this Ben's is like, weird. oh god, not again. Man, yeah, nothing shows up. <laughs> uh, just going to Ahsoka after watching episodes four and five, five especially. I am going to say something a little bit bold. But this is how I feel right at this moment in time. This might change when it comes out, when the series ends. But as of right now, Ahsoka is my favorite Star Wars show. Interesting. Did you watch at Andor? Least at least it's my favorite. Yeah, Andor. At least it's my favorite. No, Andor is the best one. That I mean, that's like, there's a difference between the best one and no, my kidding, personal yeah. favorite. That's my true. Personal, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. yeah, my personal favorite is Ahsoka. As of now just because of all the stuff I am getting, not only with Ahsoka, but also with the Rebels crew. And the fact that they are, and especially with episodes four and five, because for a while, I was thinking, this feels, like, especially with episodes three, and two and three, it felt a lot more like this is more of a Rebel sequel than an Ahsoka sequel. But then with episodes four and five, especially episode five, it brought back to, as I know, Ahsoka is the focal point. And it made me... And it really it was just like this great mishmash that come that really clicked with me, even with episode four, like with Ahsoka fighting uh, Baylor, uh, uh, Balin Skull and her whole thing, like thinking that Sabine was dead. I just I am absolutely in love with this show. I am absolutely 100 percent enjoying it. I don't, I don't oh, know yeah. if I'm the hottest person on this show. I do hear the criticisms. I do 100 100 percent get it. But every time the new episode of Ahsoka comes up, I am jonesing to watch it, and I haven't don't felt this think, way. I don't think this show would would hit Rebels for me, uh, and it won't hit Andor for me. Like, there's no way. Um, but it's it is quite quite frankly, like I would say it's probably number three. Mm -hmm. Of like, if we're just doing shows, it's. But even yeah. if even if we're just doing like Star Wars as a whole, it's probably going to be up there when it's done if it nails it. I mean. I should, I should probably reiterate, this is my favorite live-action Star Wars show. I was going to ask oh. that. I was like, are you putting this yeah. above Rebels? Because I don't oh, think you are. Oh, hell no, Rebel. <laughs> hell no. Actually, Clone Wars is up next on my queue, and, I need to, and I'm like episode 10 of the first season of Clone Wars, and I do want to watch Clone Wars. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> I just, I mean, I am, I cannot believe how much I've switched on the anime Star Wars shows, because I was like, oh, the anime Star Wars shows, they're not that good, what are you would think that when I watched the episode with my nephew all those years ago, when it's revealed that Darth Maul is still alive and he has spider legs, I would have hopped on a Clone Wars right then and there. It's every boy's dream. Cool. Spider legs. I, I, I didn't, but now like the more I'm watching, the obviously the more I watched all the Rebels and the more I'm watching Ahsoka, now I'm like, I just want to experience all of the clone wars and i did watch the last few episodes of the siege of mandalore the final season so because we did that at fnw a few years ago now it's just i want to watch more even like once we got to captain like to captain rex and rebels is like i want it i know captain rex is like one of the coolest characters ever but i want to know more can i tell you can i tell you something you should just do right now or soon ben because you don't need to watch a bunch of Clone Wars, because you've already watched Seeds of Mandalore, which would be the only one I would say is important to what I'm about to say. You should go watch the three Ahsoka episodes of the Tales of the Jedi. Yeah, I should. Um, because that's going to give you some real nice stuff. Just real quick, good good Ahsoka beats that, that really feed you. Some juicy nugs. Um, yeah. Getting into the, the specifics of, of yes. episode four, mm -hmm. um, what, what I think is so 
it's it it's so well structured in um putting Sabine and Ahsoka uh in it's really the first time I felt like this master apprentice relationship is is something mm -hmm. and is something mm -hmm. like concrete and real and and uh it, that this was the this was the show me don't tell me of mm -hmm. this relationship um because obviously this was something we've talked about before that wasn't in rebels so it's it's new to all of us and it's been a lot of talking about the the dynamic between them of being this and like obviously we saw like some of the training stuff in the previous episode and we saw how they got along but this felt like actual okay, I feel the sense of a relationship of, of previous master apprenticeship and returning to that and all that. This felt like it really delivered on the promise of that. That's a really good point. I think I agree with you on that one. There's this sense of like, uh, the, this master and apprentice uh, dynamic is throughout the show. Um, uh, Balin and, and Shin are also representative of that. And um, Ahsoka has... I, I do think that what my my disinterest in Rosaria Dawson and the role aside, I do think that there is there is something here as far as what she's doing. Um, she's she is she is warm with Sabine in a way that's that she's worried about because of her her being. But there's also like nuggets in the episode that I'm so curious about. There's there's a line where I think Balin says that Sabine might have been at the at the night of a thousand tears that destroyed Mandalore. Uh, so uh uh it, it's definitely related to that this has actually been going around for a while it's also been we've talked about it that this was kind of our suspected theory of like what was the reason that sabine and ahsoka had a falling out why did ahsoka leave her as mm -hmm. a master and it does seem to be though obviously we're waiting for more information that um, at least the read that i have at this moment and that i was already theorizing so this has only fed that um, is what Balin's alluding to is that Sabine wanted to go save her family and Ahsoka said no. Yeah. Um, because she knew they would die. And if they did, and I think Sabine blames Ahsoka for keeping her from that, um, from saving her family from the purge. And what what's what I find interesting about that is kind of recontextualizing their relationship in, into the original, the original trilogy. Because like that, the destruction of Mandalore didn't happen after Return of the Jedi. It probably happened sometime before. So, so Sabine and Ahsoka were there on Lothal training uh, throughout the original trilogy. Um, and I like that kind of recontextualization of their relationship that this has been happening for at least 10 years or so. I think at this point, at the timeline, it's 10 years since Rebels ended. Um, but I, I like... So, so, so kind of contextualizing the relationship to be that... Sabine, the rift happened because of the destruction of Mandalore that the Empire inflicted on on the galaxy. I'm it's so juicy. I'm really interested to see where that goes. Yeah, I I, I kind of like that. I like I, I like the idea that 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 it feels like the only thing that could warrant such a divide. Mm -hmm. And like, there's an amount of Sabine going like it allows Sabine that right amount of I'm really upset that you said no even as I logically understand we would have been killed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like my, my logical brain and even overthinking on it and reflecting on it over time knows we would have just gone there to die as well. But the emotional part of me, the part of me that feels like I should have been there and I should have done something blames you. 
Yeah. Um, and it's it's that right amount of like that's very relatable. That's very like, of course, both things are true at the same time. I'm emotionally uh, upset about this, but I logically understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I am emotionally and, compromised. Yeah, and I think that leaves it in a, in a really interesting space. It's one of those things where like, I kind of also hope that's true. What you're kind of alluding to about where where it is in relation to the original trilogy that like during most of of Empire Strikes Back and and New Hope and all that Ahsoka's training Sabine in the yeah. hopes that like they'll be a great weapon to destroy the Empire because I it is one of those things where like the more and more you ruminate on it the more and more we don't have an answer to the question it's like why did Ahsoka seek out Luke <laughs> like sure. you know why did that why did that happen like surely she heard the name of the pilot that blew up the Death Star right like, there's there's a certain point where you go yeah, yeah. <laughs> ahsoka knows luke's there <laughs> like she's just she one of those things about, and you could and you can like you can do a lot you can like say like oh it's because of the like the, the pain and separation between anakin um it's not her place she talked to yoda i don't know like there's all kinds of things that can happen Yoda's, Yoda's um, like yo chill we don't need you, you here right now you stay with sabine we've got this <laughs> yeah me and the ghost of obi-wan got this you, you chill <laughs> you're plan b you're plan b right yeah <laughs> um and, and then there's grogu's out there somewhere but that's, the thing, <laughs> yeah. but that's the thing it's like the idea of her actually like working on something with sabine um both for herself and for sabine and for yeah. the future that at least gives her purpose during that time because that's my biggest problem is like, I don't mind Ahsoka not showing up or not seeking out Luke or not being involved in the original trilogy. Be doing around, but she has to have purpose. She yeah. can't just like be doing nothing because that's the part I can't accept. I can't accept that she's just listlessly wandering on a planet until it's like, oh, the Empire got to feel allow me to climb out of my rock. Uh, so if she's doing something that's like fulfilling in that way, then I can accept that. I can be like, great, she was, she was this is what the purpose was during that time. That's fine. Yeah. Right. Luke, she was, last... uh... oh, go ahead. Ben. No, I was just going to redo a meme that's come out recently where it's, where it's the scene in return of the Jedi where Luke is at Yoda's hut on Dagobah. And Yoda's like, next to the Jedi, you'll be except for Ezra Bridger, Cal Kestis, Ahsoka's out there somewhere, but she's technically not a Jedi. You know, naming all the other Jedi characters that we know <laughs> and love. Rogu, <laughs> Jason, um, yeah, be <laughs> the, the point five just to cut to return the jedi and it's like no there is another and another and, and another and, another, 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 and actually well, another a, as well there's that one there's that other one uh um truth be told they gotta uh, stop yoda, making more jedi yoda didn't mean leia he meant ahsoka in return of the jedi <laughs> um yeah there there's such a there's such an interesting um a di- dynamic there that I'm so I'm so curious to, to where that goes. Um, there's a there, I want to I want to highlight something real quickly before I move on, which is that when yeah. when the droids and when the droids ambush Hu Yang, their first yeah, well, droid fight in, in, the, in Star Wars, and it looked really cool. It did. It's it's pretty sick. Um, not only that, but uh, is it the first droid fight? I'm pretty sure. I can't think of another one. If we're not counting like like R two dropping oil on some dudes and lighting them on fire, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> I was gonna I, say, did we see, did we see K two S O like beat the shit out of one of his like <laughs> his same type? I don't think so. I think we just see him hijack yeah. him. Yeah, we just see him well, hijack. hijack him. We get them a knuckle sandwich. Okay, I guess that's okay. Fight. Okay, really, really. Okay, not really deep. Not really deep. Couple. This is really technicality. But when three PO's head is on top of a battle droid, and I don't he count that. Died, no, okay, no, okay. no, no. He doesn't have good aim. He can't shoot. <laughs> um, 
is or isn't, it looks pretty good. Do, and like you, his and extra you mean, arms come you out. Mean droid fight in Star Wars because obviously Chopper murders. Oh yeah, droid. no. <laughs> so. Um, at at any rate, I really like the. I think the fight is well choreographed, and and you see mm -hmm. you, you see his extra arms kind of come out and like punch. Uh, yes, it's pretty cool. Hell, hell, Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, and the way that he pulls the lights to get their mm -hmm. attention. Uh, <laughs> that daft that droid. Really he would not do that on purpose, honey. <laughs> you gotta go. I like that. It's always funny to me. This is not the first time it's happened, but it's always funny to me when someone covers the mouth of a droid and they turn muffled, and I'm like, "That would that really work that way?" I mean, if quite, you muffle like, this, you gotta, you gotta do it like really tight because yeah. otherwise, it's just like a slit that the speaker is just coming out of anyway. Yeah, that's why I kind of like the Huyang one because it wasn't necessarily like you can actually hear him yell help. It was just yeah. turned down. Yeah, he didn't go uh, full blown chopper. Yeah. Um, I don't know Chopper in the show, I'll be honest. I want to see him. He that that droid, you can tell he is so ready to commit some more crimes. He is ready for it. Dude, he's the babysitter like this entire show, and he you could tell he's not he does not want to do this. He, he's like, like he give me a more crime. He's like, he's like, he's like, if Hera wasn't the one person I liked most in the universe, 100 this boy would be dead. <laughs> he pushed off that cliff. Like, yeah. if it wasn't Hera's kid, then this guy is screwed. Because I he remembers who his father is. Because even like just like looking back on Rebels, all the times when Caden was just like yelling at Chopper and Chopper was giving him sass, and it's like if it wasn't for Hera, this kid would be off that cliff. Because I know who half of him is. We talk about we talk about um, how peacetime like affects warriors and like how war how war shapes people. And there's even a bit like in, in episode five that I'll get into. But like I don't think anybody in the Rebels crew took to peacetime worse than probably Chopper. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> he was just, shit up. Who in episode the first time we meet him says, "Why don't you just drop this on a city full of people?" Yeah, how yeah. bad would that be? Really, he's like not, really? He's not like John Wick, where like he gets a nice life and he'll retire happy. He's like, "There's no retiring for me. No. <laughs> I'm a soldier. I will never, I will never grow up in ranks. I'm a soldier on the front lines. Give me a gun." Uh, chopper, Chopper achieved enough sentience to ask the question like are droids just servants or are we our own people and then that drove him insane enough to say i'm just chaos now yeah. what are you gonna do <laughs> i don't know why this ryan the second you said that there is no retiring from war it reminded me of jeremy renner's character from the hurt locker because you know how sure, the yeah. movie, he comes back from afghanistan and then he he's an adrenaline junkie no that's an actually yeah, it's he's interesting yeah. comparison but it is apt yeah, it's it, very weird. I don't know why my brain went there, but it's like he keeps going huh. back. He loves war. No, it's, yeah, it's he went. He goes back to, to to dismantling bombs in in mm -hmm. a in a war zone. Whereas Chopper's like, I am comfortable. Where shit's blowing up around me. To keep it on on Chopper, Hera, and Jason, I I'm glad that Hera is just like I can't sit around and do nothing. I don't care what they say. I'm I'm going to help them. I'm going to help Sabine. Um, and and I. Hey, look, man, I, I, I get that at this point, he's probably a quote-unquote glup shitto, but when I saw Carson Tava, I got really excited. No, I, everybody did. Yeah, he, no, he's a cool guy. He's, he's, a cool, he's a cool guy. Everyone likes Carson. He's yeah, cool we, get, we get the ghost. We get the yeah, ghost man. for real. They say Phoenix leader. They do. They do. Which They're part great. of Phoenix Force. I love it. Um, Carson, I love Carson Tava is, that's Appa from Kim's Convenience, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I I get so happy every time I see him in a Star. Is the guy show. who they didn't pick another picture for a different poster? 
Yes, that's, that's funny. Uh, yeah, he didn't get his own show. So they're like, hey, Carson, we're going to throw you a bone. We're going to give you some more. more. We're going to throw you in Ahsoka. Because he was going to get that he's, Rangers of the New Republic show. He's in this He's in this quite a bit. Um, yeah. I do wonder, I, I kind of wonder if maybe he can't have, I, I, I do wonder, like, maybe they thought about moving Rangers of the New Republic to be about him, but he was he's doing Avatar The Last Jedi, right? He's Uncle Iroh. So, I, like, I wonder if that prevented that. I think he was 100% like the co-lead. Yeah. It's going to be oh, him yeah. and Trina oh, yeah. Prano, like leading that show. And they were like, can it just be him? Uh, I think it had less to do with like his schedule and more to do with just like, they didn't, should we make this show? They don't right be- now. They don't, it's good. It's like, they don't believe it. In this current Star Wars moment, is this the path we should take? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, because uh, like, I- honestly, you could have slotted out Gina Carano and found a reason to slot in Timothy Oliphant. Make oh. him a pilot. Absolutely. I want that now. Now I'm I mad. want that now. I oh, he's getting like cyborg parts. He's still alive. To be fair, to be fair, I would love more of Cobb Vanth in all the Star Wars stuff. Oh, hell yeah. I love it. The thing is, you have to do a lot of character work to convince me of why he not only should leave the planet uh, of Tatooine, but gives a shit about what's going on in the inner rim because he's very mm-hmm. much like an outer rim isn't cared enough about, which is why I'm out here giving yeah. a shit about the outer rim. So I can't see him necessarily becoming a ranger of the new Republic, but if you can find the right character and story reason, then I'm all for it. Just bring the story to him. The crash land on Tatooine. Oh, that's the Again. only reason. <laughs> it's the only reason if Cobb Bath is there, that's my tattoo. Like, the only reason we want to screw keep Tatooine, Tatooine is because but of it balances elephant. out. Yeah, if I get to see sure. the elephant. Um, <laughs> you brought up the, uh, Ryan, you brought up the fight choreography a little bit earlier in this discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the fight between uh, uh, Balin and Ahsoka. Um, I th- there's a lot of there's a lot of thought that goes into their movements uh, and their stances. Ahsoka has a very samurai like stance. The way she's holding her her so- the way she's holding her lightsaber, the way she moves her lightsaber. Whereas Balin is very like very much like of a, a knight of the round table type of stance. And I think there's such down. an interesting, there's such an interesting thing happening when they fight that just looks visually cool to me. She's very interestingly only using one of her lightsabers for fighting him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I did make a note about that specifically. It's a, uh, uh, every once in a while you get a lightsaber battle that feels like it's actually more about the swings that they don't take than the ones that they do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and like I felt like there, there's a lot back. of, yeah, there's a lot of like in your most in your most gracious of readings, right, of mm-hmm. the final conflict between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader in the New Hope. Um, why is it that they take so few swings? Why are they like as paced as they are? They're they're already recognizing in each other every move that won't work. And they're trying mm-hmm. to find the right move. And uh, they don't need to do all the things that they do in episode three, Revenge of the Sith, because uh, they are at a different point in their relationship to the force. And so it's far more aware of like, my moves have to be precise. They have to be thoughtful. This is not the same, like just swing it around with emotion. This is, this is any strange. And it does go back to like samurai tradition, right? Like far less, uh, swings happen because of the they're far more thoughtful and that's a lot of what's happening here is there's a lot of space between the actual attacks i mean because every strike is far more considered and so it, you yeah. really feel like the the time where like there's an opening there but also balin knows that opening would would 
potentially ruin him in the fight. I mean, to I, don't, for really, I, I don't, I just want to, real quickly before we move on, that's a really beautiful reading of both those fights, I think, Sparks. I really enjoyed that. I'm going to say that goes Thanks. also to the, the Maroc fight. His whole thing yeah. is about, I have a thousand slashes a minute, while Ahsoka just waits. <clears throat> just waits. Because she knows the right opportunity. It's like, oh, I don't need to take a thousand slashes, I just need just the one. There's a, because you brought Maroc, Maroc? Um, I, I'm kind of, I, I don't, how do we feel that it's just dust in the wind? I love it. I love yeah. it. Cause if he was like, if he would have just gone slashed and fell, I'd be like, ah, but the fact that he puffed out a, a dark magic shoe. So I'm like, well, okay. Sh- okay. I, okay. We're doing so something weird. So I'm glad you brought that up because like, I, I, it is kind of a, it is always kind of a bummer when you like put up a lot of speculation on the character and it turns out to just be, to be nothing i get that yeah. for like fans but like I, i'm not i'm never someone who who gets too hurt about that um there's interesting canon implications to him bursting out this idea that like the inquisitors they can't they can die but they can't not be slaves to darth vader even in death they are constantly slaves to vader <clears throat> And so it kind of creates Maroc, uh, this tragic story when we see him. He wasn't a living being. He was someone who was uh, brought back to life, who was mm-hmm. probably an Inquisitor during the during the Rebels time period, died, and is now tortured and now has to be alive again doing this bidding. It's really, there's some interesting implications that they obviously will not go into. Um, but but you can kind of like work your way through canon to, to, to find out the kind of the tragic telling of maybe uh, the maybe tragic telling of Barack. Yeah, I think uh to to that point like while while I really love the idea uh, when we were doing our theories last time of of what could it mean if it's um Galen uh and it's Darth Vader's apprentice versus Anakin's apprentice and I'm like there's a lot of juicy material there if they want to do that. Um but it I, I agree with what Ryan's essentially saying, which is just if he just been slashed and put out of the show and it's like, okay, well, that was, why was he here? Um, but the fact that like he, the way he's taken out of the fight is in this magnificent um, explosion of dust, it, instead of like squashing all, all our, our questions and theories and it's speculation, like new questions. it just, it just pivots it into a new direction of yeah. like, well, what did that mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, Not so much like who is it, how, but like how does why? That work? Yeah. Like yeah, uh, more into that now. Which I think is I think is more interesting um, of a tactic uh, of of like, well, you got a lot more questions uh, Brandon, about and, yeah. and broader questions than just about um, who is this person, and more about like what what does this mean for how the force works? Absolutely, because that guy uses the force. Yeah, um, uh, and uh, if he's dead, he can use the force. The implications, like like you were saying, Brandon, of like. It, this could have just been a random inquisitor like we were watching rebels and one guy just like he gets thrown off and he falls mm-hmm. off to his death and we never know his name or anything and like he looks kind of like that guy and, like he's just a random inquisitor who got brought back to life but he also has the force still is the force okay with that like yeah, well, are we just the, revitalizing like demons and they can use the force is that okay that's a really good question because they describe the force as in all living things yes not is there an anti-force thing. that only the, the the witches of Dathomir can? Are we doing weird shit? And I'm like, again, this isn't the show. Like, I don't need it to answer it this time. No. But you've now and you've now given me this idea, and I'm like, that's juicy. I can work with that for a little bit. Well, then we know that the force that the witch the, the witch is a good point because when we meet the witches of Dathomir in in um in, in the the Night Sisters in Rebels, they're all dead. 
but we see their spectral, ghostly, horror, horrific figures. And we know that ghosts, that <clears throat> force ghosts can use the force. Jedi, uh, Jedi, uh, the first one. We fight a bunch of like... But in theory, know. but in theory, that is a living thing, even if sure. it is now living within the force. Right? But point. we're talking about a reanimated body. Necromancy. Um, and, Project and Necromancy? That, doesn't, that didn't seem <gasps> to have any amount of his like essence or self in theory. Project Necromancy, so, like, guys. If he is serving that purpose, is his body just a, now a conduit that can also use the... Like, there's just bigger questions that... Palpatine are, is, a, is a clone body yeah. thing, and he uses force. So there's That's precedent true. here. So I'm just like, like that's what like I'm saying. Project Necromancy is a thing that like the Shadow Council was talking about in Mando, right? So like, right, but he can use it when there's a living, when he's the living essence inside of it. Yeah. And also, that was difficult. Needed, like a living essence that, was that difficult, exists remember. within. Yeah. They weren't sure that Palpatine, if he came back as a clone, would be able to use the Force. That's why they wanted Grogu. That's right. true. That's true. Um. Okay. Anyway, interesting. Yeah. Ben's like Star Wars is weird. <laughs> I it's weird and I love it. Really, I was just gonna uh, chalk up that guy to be one of the characters who he looks awesome, doesn't do anything for the story. Yeah, he's he's a good foil. The last note I have on this episode is that uh when so Hera Hera and Phoenix Quadrant show up and they're like Hu Yang's like, hey, stop this hyperspace ring from leaving. Um by the way, it looks gorgeous uh coming out of the clouds, really interesting, really cool shot. And I really like how it uses how it go when it goes through hyperspace, you can see the ring and it goes and and so the Phoenix Squadron goes through the ring going through hyperspace. That was a really cool shot. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, all of that was was well visualized. The visuals in the show are really good. I, I made a note of just like um when Morgan's down on the cliff and using the map. I was like, this shit looks really good. Yeah. yeah. Um it's it's a clear use of like Obviously, they're using the volume, but like they're on, there are some set stuff too. Like, you know, they're on like a cool a rock place with like cool rock things around them. So, I'm but like, even, but even just the stuff like, like the visualization of the map that's sigil or like the yeah. hyperspace reading, like that stuff just looks better than it, it has in other yeah. Star Wars shows. They're giving it a little, um, like, extra obviously, boom. they're giving it a little bit. Yeah. But like praise be where praises deserve. Like, it looks really, like, frankly, the map stuff, the hyperspace ring, that looks like Star Wars movie quality to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that looks just as good as the Star Wars movies. Um, and I didn't feel a, a, a dip in that. And like, I, I think we do take a little bit for granted. Like when we first made the transition over to, uh, you know, Mandalorian on, on Disney plus, And we were like, shit looks really good because up to that point, we were always like, like TV. Can they do Star Wars live action television? Yeah. Like, can that happen? And yeah, here we are. Uh, and it looks really good. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to highlight the, yeah. the emotional crux moment of this episode, which is uh, Hu Yang asking them not to split up mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. they leave and uh it's it's good because there's this smile between sabine and ahsoka and again this is the like i see it i feel it i feel this relationship between them mm -hmm. um before they both go off and like obviously the moment he says it, you're like oh gee i wonder what's gonna happen in this episode <laughs> and, then, split up, and then ahsoka's like i'm not gonna fight the stronger apprentice i'm gonna fight the weaker one sabine you take the stronger one and i'm like well, ahsoka's gonna leave this fight um, we gotta talk about sabine using the force so well i was gonna i mean we can i mean she we're not gonna it. talk about it she fakes she fakes her out without uh it wasn't the force right it was she, she just fakes it. her out yeah yeah she um, gets pushed back a little bit it looked like though no, she, no, she braces she, herself. She braced for it. Oh, okay. And good. she was like, You have no power. Oh, okay. And then and then Sabine is like, 
I guess I, a lot of people are reading it as like she used a little bit of force. I'm like, oh, I just, I just read it as that. Okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, good, I don't want her to use a force. That's good. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that was a very good like because it, it, it was it, it when her hand goes up, I'm like, don't do this. Um, See, that's exactly, and, you know, and, so yeah, 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 yeah. I was afraid of it. Uh, but then she does the yeah the Mandalorian armor bit, and I'm like, good job, girl, good job. Yeah, that's like, that's yeah. real smooth, and oh, it's yeah. and it's great because like, what I like about it is that Sabine is able to hold her own through this fight, not because she has the Force, but because yes. she's she's in her Mandalorian exactly. armor, and she's in her full. I'm in my I know my weapons, I know my armor, I know my movement, I know my shit in that way. Yes, and she's able to match Shin Hadi for that. Like she could not go toe to toe with Balin, no. but she can do this, which is really cool. I 100 percent agree. Love oh, it. I meant to. I meant to ask. I'm so curious how Shin Balin met. Um, There's I really a lot wanna... of theories. There's a lot of theories that she's his daughter. Oh, interesting. I really want to know their story. I hope we get in the season because we know that he's not coming back in the next season. Um, I think the best way to do more Balin because we know we don't get more Ray Stevenson is uh, flashback. I know I'm not the only person hoping for this is uh, Tales of the Jedi story. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that makes sense. I think. Yeah, I really like Ray Stevenson's performance as Balin, which I I will always praise in every episode he's in. um, I hope, but he, um, but there there's something there's something very interesting about their relationship. He's not cruel with Shin. He's very understanding with Shin, um, which you know kind of takes away the idea that you know we know this he's not a sith um he is he has gone down a darker path but he's not a sith um he's not a, so he's like very calm with her especially when when he when she's when she has a lot of rage and is ready to kill sabine he says shin i, t- I gave her my word we're not gonna yeah. do this right see you say he's gone down a dar- darker path and i question how true that is interesting because is he really any different from ahsoka walking away from the jedi well i mean like really no i understand what he's doing but is he using the dark side to do it oh no but this is what i mean but he's like like, a he is an antagonist he's an antagonist for sure like and he's and he's done like his mercenary things but like is his relationship with the force one on the dark side or the light he he's he's still more jedi than ahsoka is he's really honorable and stuff like that but But he's still he's still using he's still using his jedi skills to kill because he's a mercenary he is which he's killing potentially innocents or bad people or who we don't know what his mercenary Life the is. whole ship and people in the first episode yeah right. he is still a he is still a, a, on a dark path i don't think what i said was any i i i i know what you're all saying i'm questioning it's a it's an ideological thing is this it, there's no right answer is his relationship with the force one where he is still completely in communication with the light side not the dark oh yeah like even as yeah. he's able to do these things because that that re- the morality of of the force, right? As as it exists, he's not using it, lightning. As it's in, not it, as it's in a balance, right? Uh, can th- I just like that he's muddying it up? Which yeah. I think mm-hmm. is the same thing that Ahsoka was doing, right? By leaving the Jedi Order and forging her own path, he in this in a similar way. And this is again like we're going back to a similar conversation about parallels. Like while we talk about like a Darth Vader apprentice, like Balin is just Ahsoka with different motivations yeah like mm-hmm. and and just forging a path away and like yes he's willing to like i'm not championing that he's a good guy or anything i'm just saying like that his relationship with the force gets to stay on the other side whereas i think shin is leaning towards the dark side yes 
But sure. Balin, I don't think is. I don't think Balin actually is communing with the dark side much at all. Um, which is really interesting when you think about him in comparison to someone like Count Dooku, mm-hmm. right? Who like he left the Jedi and he went full blown. I'm engaging with the dark side. Uh, this is the power I choose now. Dooku wishes, and he this was is like not what Balin seems to be. Balin seems to be really at peace with who he is and what his relationship and and place inside of the Force is. Mm-hmm even as he's doing what he's doing, which also translates, I think, to the choice of an orange saber, not a red saber. Yeah. I'd be curious to know where this goes. I really want to see this character continue. Um, and I hope we get whatever his full story is in this season, even though it's seeming, even though it's looking more and more unlikely as the show goes on. Yeah, me me too. It's really tough that, that Ray Stevenson passed. It's such a shame because he's he's truly killing it. He's a... He's such a presence, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, especially in his just physical, literal physical presence in that armor and everything. He's so um, engaging. So I, I do, just because he has passed, I hope that his whole character got his arc for the show in one season. And then we can tell more story with Shin later. Yeah, But you can always tell more story with him before this uh and that's where again like i think tales of the jedi is a perfect conduit for that you do like three mini chapters through different points of his life or how he ended up to this point and i think that could be really incredible yeah absolutely so sabine gets taken and is going to another galaxy uh that is a very simplistic way of talking about what sabine did there (laughs) i know i did it on purpose (laughs) um yeah Sabine's actions, I I I knew she was going to do this. Like I knew she was, she it wants was to find Ezra so badly, and she knows that this is the only way to do it. Well, I mean, like, and from like a storytelling point, you're like, well, she either does this or she's dead. <laughs> like, yeah, hundred percent. Bye, Sabine. Um, uh, yeah, I think there's, you know, uh, many have made the comparison of of this is her, her Anakin Skywalker moment. Um, the same of like betraying Mace Windu uh, for Palpatine and the choice she's making. And I don't think it's quite that. It's definitely not that severe. Uh, uh, Everyone's like, everything that's about to happen with Thrawn and everything that's now on her. Like she, she's, she gave them the way. And I'm like, they would have had it anyway. This is not, this is not like question her choice all you want. Uh, I, I think it's more interesting and true to the character, because others have tried to say this is a Sabine character assassination. Oh, and no. I just don't think so. Um, I don't think this comes out of nowhere. I think this comes from a very deep place, especially like when you put it in, again, it's in that same conversation, right, that you brought up earlier, Brandon, where Balin is putting this this on her and he he's pulling the strings because he understands. But I think, again, he's using the light side of the force, I think, to do this. And he's connecting with her, not in a malicious and sinister dark side way, but in a way where he's like, I sense what you've already lost, which Mm -hmm. is your family. And what you're missing is Ezra. I can want to help you get to Ezra. And I promise you will. So let's, let's do that together. And that's, that's the thing that I think is really good about it because like put into that context, all of her sadness about Ezra gets, so much larger than just Ezra isn't here. It's that I lost so much else and also Ezra. Mm-hmm. And Ezra is still someone I might be able to get back. That is an attainable goal I can get. Right. Yeah. And that's 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 a very different perspective than like where you start the show at, which is just, I miss Ezra. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and and she, he's in sight right now. Right, and turns it and turns it into this like compiled of like I've had so much taken from me. This is a thing I can get back. Mm-hmm. Uh, which may, I think makes the choice very relatable. Very like sure in a objective third person way. We're all like this is the bad thing, but like also is it? <laughs> I I don't I don't I don't think I would have done. I don't think I could have done something different. I don't think that if I were in Sabine's uh, shoes that I could have pulled the trigger. I just don't think I it's, know, it's, I, it's possible. No, I'd, I'd, I'd turn over the map to find any of you. Yep. Yeah. Um, the end of the episode, and we get a hello snips from none other than Hayden Christensen. Hold on. I don't know if I want to go there quite yet. Hold on. I'm ready to go into the next quick. episode. Uh, hold on. Uh, oh. Balin destroying that map with the saber. Mm-hmm. That's sick. That's very cool. That looks sick. Um, and then I just I, I thought this was really good. We didn't really talk about this being the quandary and like where obviously we just reference it ends up with Sabine, but like at the beginning of the episode, Ahsoka says to Sabine, if we can't get to Ezra, maybe nobody should. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a responsible thing. Um hmm. That cer- certainly sounds like absolutes to me. Uh <laughs> and but no, but no. Only Sith deal in those. Yeah, right. I, I mean, you know, that line is hypocrisy itself. But uh, <laughs> the that that is like the the template of how the episode starts. You know, our full arc for this one of of Ahsoka putting that on Sabine and Sabine ultimately having that choice. And I I think the moment Ahsoka says that, you know, like Ahsoka's kind of in the wrong uh, on it. You know, like that that it, it's very it's very without hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, framing Ahsoka in that way, um, which I think is with purpose. I just then you get to the end, and, and Sabine's choice really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Show guys the next episode. Yeah, I just wanted to cover some of that. All right. So, written and directed by Dave Filoni, this is Shadow Warrior episode five. Um, I want to start the discussion because Hu Yang breaks my heart in the beginning of this episode, which is I told them to stay together. Mm-hmm. And he's holding Sabine's helmet. And I was like, oh shit. And this is like, this is where I'm going to throw some praise on his little droop eye animation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is where I'm going to put some praise on David Tennant once again. Actor I will praise at any given moment, at any given opportunity I will have. Even as a voice actor, he can break your heart. Um, He is, he's an an incredible get for the show. And I'm so happy he's here, even as a droid. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Love him. where do we want to start with this episode? Otherwise, though, do we want to start with the Ahsoka and Anakin stuff? I mean, you kind of have to yeah. because, like, everything else is like reactionary to it. So, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, Anakin looks incredible. I yeah. think so too. I thought he looked pretty good. I I was not distracted by his de aging at all. I also I don't want to get too much into this, but I don't think this is the world between worlds. I think this is just the Force. Um, uh, no, I do want to get into it. Sorry. Um, you you can, but I'm going to check out. I've said my piece. I'm done. I I think the world between worlds is just more than we thought it was. I just don't. And and I'm very much in a camp. And I was thinking this already. Uh, if you've listened to the latest House of R, then you mm-hmm. know that they think the same thing. Mm-hmm. Which is that um, I think I think the world between worlds is is just a, a conduit space of the force in whole. Um, and I don't think it's as cut and dry as that that one. A portal in Rebels made us feel like it was. So I think that any time of like 
uh it, we'll use another example within rebels when when <clears throat> ezra goes into the jedi temple and he communes to yoda i think that is also technically the world between worlds. I think that is also part of how the force is connected. I think that, that that thing as a whole is the connection of the force across space and time and how, how it connects to all beings. And so there are so many different ways to channel into it. And I think you can, uh, House of R, <laughs> to their credit, made this analogy. And I think it was very apt. I think it works like the spirit realm in Avatar The Last Airbender. And I agree about this. You can physically go to places that allow you to walk into the spirit realm, but you can also meditate into the spirit realm. And I think that the, this works the same, that that it is more complex and more diverse than the kind of straight answer idea that, that we maybe had at the end of Rebels. Um, and I think that's part of why the visual language of it is so clearly hearkening back to that is because like it is this this same kind of space. Ben, I because you're newest to, to to watching Rebels and and the, the WBWs of it all. What do you what do you think about this whole just the concept? Like, uh, uh did, like did it work with you? Did it not work with you? Did like did you need more explained? Were you confused? Like, I'm very curious because like I don't care. I just I just experienced <laughs> a cool thing. If I think about it too much, like considering we saw it once and then hey, I'm gonna change it in the next way that I do it. Like I I can't think about it too hard or I'll lose my mind. So I'm just curious. I liked it. Because I didn't think about it too hard. What did you think about it? The second I saw Hayden Christian pop up at the end of episode four, I jumped for joy. Sure. The second I heard the hello sniffs and I knew the next episode and all the stuff we got, I absolutely loved it. I I think I'm more on the same boat with you, Ryan. I was there for a ride. I was there to experience what was happening like seeing Ahsoka go through the flashback. I absolutely loved her flashbacks through the Clone Wars. Don't get too deep into it. We're just no, kind that's, of... yeah. Don't, I'm just asking no, 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 the no, world no. between I... world stuff. Like, did you did you find it confusing? Did you need it explained? What did no. you think it was that we were like watching? Like, what oh, no, do you think I... is happening during this moment? I thought the way I saw it, I was just like. It's just Jedi Star Wars magic space wizard shit. Like, is she, is she dead? Is she in the force? Like, what? Is, like, or are you are you just like whatever? I was very much just like whatever. Okay, strap okay. me that's in. I'm on this ride. Me. Let's go. That's okay. pretty much I, the second the second she woke up in the world between worlds. I'm like, I don't care how she got there. I don't yeah. care what the implications are. I am just here for. I'm just here for this ride. Okay. Yeah. Right. I don't. I do not want. He can use the world between worlds or whatever this is as much as he wants. He cannot explain it ever. He can never explain it because like yeah. it is it well, is such a huge concept for what Star Wars is trying to do as this like fantasy fun thing. Where like I like the idea, but you cannot, I don't shouldn't have to listen to a three-hour House of R episode to understand what's going on. Like it's too, it's just too big for the simple fun thing of like we're in the force. Let's just say we're in the force. Just mm -hmm. let's decomplicate it. We're in the well, that's my point, because yeah. I think that's the purpose of doing yeah. it this way in this episode, yeah. is that he wanted to walk it back from feeling like it is this singular identity that people had from Rebels. Yeah. And I think he wanted to broaden it out to be like, it's the Force. Just, yeah. just it's it's part of the Force, and it's how it works whenever I almost wish to see it in this was the first time we, we've seen this, because just just going off online stuff, again, like, it's, <clears> I, <throat> I, this can wash over me, it's not a beat on the main. Sure. But people... Like like the episode, but there's like, what's going on with this thing? I don't I don't get it. Am I supposed? Is it just? Is it the afterlife? What is it? And I'm just like, I I I don't know. I just don't know. 
I don't know. Because she's not dead. But Anakin's also there. So, like, I don't know. I just don't know. But in terms of the con the content that we got, the quality of it, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought the the emotion behind it was great. All that stuff that we'll get into. I think I think everything we got was great. I just the the way we got it, I'm still curious about why he loves this idea so much. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say a little something on it. Uh, and then unless Sparks has anything to say on it, I want to move on. Um, but I think Anakin, as he as we saw him in Return of the Jedi, this is Anakin post Return of the Jedi. He shows yeah. up as a forest ghost to Ahsoka, who is dying, and he takes her to and he takes her into the forest to teach her, to train her, to give her a second chance. And that's what this is. That's why I don't think it's the world between worlds because Filoni has explained it. He has explained it explicitly what the world between worlds is, and he can change his mind. Doesn't matter. Um, but this is why I'm kind of this is why I lean on the this was just a force vision or they were in the forest or this didn't really happen. Um, that's kind of where I fall on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sparks, um, do you have anything you want to My only, my only other comment that is like, I think that they are truly in, you know, um, obviously within the presence of, of the force and in a state of a, of a location of something um, uh, that I would, I would contest is just the same as the world between worlds um, because you don't use the same visual language unless it is. Uh, and that that is um, manifested within this meditative state because specifically because, and it's a good moment and we'll highlight it here, which Jason hears the lightsabers yes. uh, within the force. So, so it's, it's definitely a, a place within the force. Um, and it's and it exists and and Jason is connecting to it, which I also thought was was brilliant. The 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 way of the waves crashing and, yeah. and hearing the sabers mix in with that it was and, it, and, the, and and all the more to the to the point of like Hera hearing it too. And I I think it was very reminiscent of um, uh, the Last Jedi when um, Luke has Ray listen to everything. And she mm. hears the the waves and she hears the the light and the dark and the she hears the balance yeah and i think that's very much in tone with that of like this is this is at the center of the balance i you brought up the last jedi i really like the moment where hera can commune or, or hear something that's happening in the forest she's not a force yeah. user we connect know this she can connect right. to it I will never be able to explain to you guys in a way that will not make me extremely frustrated by the end of the episode, why I like the idea of Sabine using the force later on in the episode later on in the series. But this was the closest evidence I had to, this is what I want the force to be. Not something that is exclusively used by Jedi. It is something that everyone can tap into and can access, which felt very Last Jedi to myself. And that's honestly gonna have to be it before I start getting into it, start getting frustrated. I go if ahead, I may, really just like a, a one side tangent, um, or really just a tangent because, like, earlier when I was talking to Ryan, when I was telling Ryan about how, like, when Soka wakes up in like the air quotes world between worlds, I'm just here for at this point, I don't want it explained. I don't care to explain because this is a, a, a show in a, in a universe where magic space wizards exist and I just have to deal with it. Uh, <laughs> I, I Honestly, burn. there are times like I love um, Carson's reaction. Like when he's talking to Hu Yang is like, why are we doing a sweep? We did this. And then when Hu Yang tells us like, no, Jason's dad was Kane Jarrus. He was a Jedi. And Carson's like, 
Okay. Okay. He okay. Just, Love it. Just, I don't watch cartoons. <laughs> yeah. He just Love like it. says F it. All right. Cause he knows that Jedi stuff is like too hard to explain. It's either you're it's one of those things like a, if you're with it, you're with it. If you need to explain, you're not gonna understand it. He just goes, Okay, fine, I'm just gonna go with what the general says. I'm just gonna do this my job. Okay. I'm I'm only going to I'm only gonna I'm, I I do wanna I do wanna add to to the thing that Ryan, you do disagree with me. We had a whole discussion about it last oh, time. No, no, you do I, disagree with no, me. The, so, I, like, that's why that's why I don't want to get into yeah. it because it would trigger a fight and it would be a whole thing. And I just no, see, that's I, the thing. It wouldn't be a fight. It would just be a fun discussion. But we're not going to talk about. I disagree it. on the funness of that discussion. <laughs> yeah, no. See, I love to have fun conversations. Uh, disagreeing with my friends, but we will move on. Uh, it is a lovely moment with Hera. I do agree that everyone being in tune with the force makes sense. I just don't want everyone to start pushing things around. Uh, but I I do like that moment a lot. Both of them connecting, or the father and daughter father uh, uh daughter and stuff you know son it's all lovely stuff i'm gonna say something about because i wanted to say it before ben changed the subject <laughs> um i'm gonna say that uh i it, it's the thing that it always should be which is that like obi-wan says in the beginning that like the force is in everyone yeah and the force goes through all beings so everyone should be able to connect to the force to an extent so yes. i really like Hera being able to like yeah, if you do this in this moment, if you if you try and I'm guy I'm guiding you, you're gonna you're gonna get a bit of it, and she gets a bit of it, and I yeah. thought that was great. Oh, sorry, I was <laughs> I thought you were gonna go we're a little fine. bit longer. No, we can we can we don't always need you to lead. Um, um, well, I was gonna say I was going I was going to say um, uh, about uh, Jason. Jason is is such an interesting character right now for me that I would like to see. I'm kind of bummed he's not. We don't. We he, they don't come with him. This is kind of later on the episode. I'm kind of bummed that Hera and Jason don't go with them because I want to see more specifically. I want to. I want them to like dive more into Jason a little bit. Um, I there agree. Is... Oh, go ahead. I'm saying like I agree, but like to Ben's point earlier, like this has to be the Ahsoka show. It can't be the Rebel show as much as I it's think true. we all want it to be. Like, I 100% agree. I, I fully suspect Jason is going to be a pretty prominent character for the rest of our futures in Star Wars. He'll growing up, maybe joining the temple that maybe gets destroyed at Luke, you know, it's all that stuff. But, like, unfortunately, like, I, I agree. I want this to be Rebel Season 5, but, like, I think they had to do a hard cut of, like, we do have to focus on Ahsoka at some point. Um, that's why Zeb's not in this. Well, that's why Zeb's not in this, and... Go ahead, I like Spurs. how it's kind of become a reverse of like who else survived Order sixty six and to like who else dies at Luke's temple? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how um, many Jedi children go uh, there? Um, I and it it's, it does kind of seem like Hera doesn't want Jason to train as a Jedi um, because that you know he's he's fascinated by 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 Jedi stuff, but he's not. Uh, Hu Yang like shoots it down like no I'm not going to train you no we're not going to talk about the forest I'm just going to show you some shit and we're going to no be no lightsaber building uh, no lightsaber building and so I do wonder if perhaps uh, Hera not wanting Jason to go down his father's path is just kind of like I accept that you can use the force but you're you will never train as a Jedi I think it actually might have far more to do with the fact that whoever it was wouldn't be able to be Kanan and what I mean by that in the sense of Kanan was there all the time on the ship when he was training Ezra. Oh, sure. They were a family together. If any of the Jedi who would train Jason right now wanted to train Jason, they would take him from Hera. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, and I don't think that, I think that's the thing Hera doesn't want. Yeah. Hera okay. doesn't want Jason. Keep it on the ghost. And I think there's an extent of like, Hera's a good mom. I think there's just an extent of Hera's a good mom and wants to raise her son. And like when, I have no doubt that when Jason is like, 
in his late teens, if he says, I'm going to go, I want to go learn how to, to communicate with the force more with Ahsoka, Hera would be like a hundred percent. Like, 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 yeah. like go for it. But I, but I think she wants to give him a childhood. I think she wants to give him love before he is put into that place. What if um, Ezra becomes his master? There's a very much a possibility that that could happen. And, um, yeah, that. and, and again, like something where it would stay, if in he's young, I think I think it, all it is is that Hera wants him close while he's young, yeah. and she's not willing to like separate from him right now. And I think that makes sense. That that's 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 that is a big question mark on on the way that the Jedi did things that they they took them from their families when yeah. they were children. Like yeah. that's a that's a big woo. That's not great. So it it I think it has a lot to do with that. Uh, more so than right. it is like a fear of him engaging with the force or I think she she loves that he can connect to the force I think it reminds her of Kanan mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it's I think it's not a fear about him being a Jedi or anything like that uh, any more than like a natural parent's fear of like the dangers in the world as much as it is I don't want you take like going away right now yeah go hang out with Luke yeah. and a frog uh, we, got a, we got a nice call out to Senator Organa that was nice Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, glad. I'm glad we got a name yeah. drop. It it's so necessary. Yeah. Um. Like, if you're not going to show her, we just need to know she's at least like. But but again, like you put her in context with this group, which means she's communicating with this group and on their side, and it's like, what's so? When does she show up? Yeah. Um. <laughs> question mark. Question mark. Uh. That that's that's tough. So, we get something I've wanted since Obi Wan. Which real was... quick, real oh, real ahead. quick. I, I know where you're heading, and and I think before we go there, I do want to just kind of close a loop on Jason and Hera. They're sure. in this episode a little too much. Okay. I, I I will say, like in terms of pacing of the episode, it it was too many times where I was like, "We do cut to them a lot." You made me you you presented something that made it so when you cut away to Jason and Hera, I went, "No, I do just want to say with Anakin and Ahsoka, stop sure. it." Uh, and I think like outside of the the lightsaber waves crashing, like once he says like do the search again, we shouldn't have seen them again until the moment they're pulling her out of the water. Sure, I, I don't will, think it I was I was only going to say that I like the moment where Chopper tells him to go lower because I just think it's funny. But you're right, you're right, you're not wrong about that at all. It's it's funny and it's cute, and and this is me going to a larger point of I this episode's a pretty good length. Um, I I don't mean to sound ungrateful for what we get. I think there could have been a little bit more time with Anakin and Ahsoka. Sure. sure. Yeah. Um, if you look behind the scenes stuff, by the way, I really want to highlight this. It's not in the volume, which I, I thought it was, um, that they're, they're using a light bridge, a physical light bridge and a green screen. And I'm just and for whatever reason, like I just wanted to shout that out as just being nice. It looked, it looked better than a giant circle uh, that you can kind of feel around them. Uh, it looks better than that. I do agree. It did not look like a volume. It did look like a giant set where it was really foggy. Oh, no, I'm not talking about that set. I'm talking about the, oh, okay. the... just where they are in the picture behind us. Oh, got it. Oh, sure. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. That looks great. That's not. Yeah, that's not the volume. It is a it is a, a, a light bridge with green screens around it. And, and it. somehow it makes it feel very, very big and very open. Um, there, there's a sense of uh, of scale to it that you get that you just don't really get with the volume uh, that I appreciated. That's just regular filmmaking. If, baby. I, if I may, more more importantly than anything, I think is having the the physical light bridge 
create such a presence of the lights with the lightsabers yeah. when they're in that space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but Anakin is in his Clone Wars armor. Oh, we're jump. Okay, we're going there. Got it. Um, I don't know where else to go. If you want to go somewhere else, take me. Take me there. I don't. I. Well, I, I, I do start, not know I where to go. I, 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 the Anakin and Ahsoka stuff I kind of want to talk about in beat. So I want to talk about before they drop into the Clone Wars memory. All right, then do that. So when he presents, he presents the choice of of live or die, live or die and and says, you know, you you lost this fight. And I think to to the credit of Dawson, I think I really get the the, the complicated feeling of seeing Anakin mm-hmm. again um, when they're on that light bridge before this. Uh, uh, specifically, I wanted to highlight um, the the excellent exchange of uh, "I I won't fight you." I've heard that before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which is really great. My son told me uh, that. I really like the choreography, just in general, between Anakin and Ahsoka. I think it looks really solid. Um, Hannah Christian just knows how to work a lightsaber, man. He's he's he yep. just constantly uh, uh <clears throat> constantly. Uh, I I love when he does the twirl, the twirl behind Do his we- back. We know for a fact that there's a lot of de-aging going on for Hayden in this. Well, there's more than there was in Obi-Wan, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, definitely. I know Obi-Wan, just, he was like, just like, barely. He I'm just, a, I'm just, we know it's not more makeup than it is. It's definitely de-aging. de-aging. Yeah, yeah. He's He's got a lot of wrinkles. Sure. I, I mean, he know. looks great for his age, but yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't I, know. I don't know for sure. Look, the thing is, I'm I more, saw one I'm, behind the scene video of them sure. together. I'm more I'm more impressed by what is possible with de-aging makeup since we watch Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Sidebar, they do some incredible John Goodman uh young younging him down look yeah. um with makeup. Uh, that That's is cool. pretty impressive. It's exceptional. Uh and this this is probably for me, this is probably the best de-aging that we have done, but mostly because the age gap is not significant. No, it's like, not, it's like not Indiana huge. Jones. It's like 20 mm-hmm. years instead of like 50 years. <laughs> that, that's, mm-hmm. that's, I think a big part of it is that I think that you, you're doing so much less work yeah. and, and like this kind of de-aging, I, I guess I have less of a problem with because like, I think it's just cleaning things up to make it look a few years ago, not like necessarily turning an 80 year old into a 30 year old. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to back up for a minute. So you guys keep going. I need to. You sure. got it, dude. I am. I'm going to, I'm to just jump up on the de-aging bit for a hot second. I honestly didn't notice it. I don't know if that's just because I just wasn't um, paying attention or to, to me, it was just Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker. I mean, maybe they touched him up of, of, on wrinkles here and there. Um, really? I am just, I'm just so happy to see him again as Anakin, mm-hmm. even though as we're, we're not, there's like not a whole lot of him because well, look, the fact that he came back for Obi-Wan, obviously everyone lost their mind. We were so happy because he, after Star Wars he and Jumper, he kind of left acting for a while. He did his own thing. Good for him. But the fact that he's just so, I can sense that he is just so comfortable in his role as Anakin. It just makes me so happy because I can tell that he is having the time of his life on, on doing, playing both Anakin Skywalker and uh, Darth Vader before the suit. I... I was just full, like the whole sequence, like all the beats of Ahsoka and Anakin in the Clone Wars fighting in the world, in the worlds between um, seeing uh, um, Anakin's eyes go from, from, from regular to Sith to regular again, the whole experience. I was just in awe. I was like, this is what I, w- I was waiting for Ahsoka to do. 
I was part of me was wanting some sort of closure between her and Anakin. I mean, yes, we got a, a form of it in Rebels where she fought Vader and she realizes that her master became the most evil man in the galaxy. But she didn't have that with Anakin. And the fact that she's having this form of closure with him just, I don't know, it just makes my little nerd heart jump for joy. I honestly yeah. don't have a whole lot of stuff to say about it. It's just a fa- except for the fact that I absolutely loved it. I, it's, yeah. I mean, for me, this was like the whole point of like, it wasn't like obviously the spearhead because we have more stuff and I'm looking, I'm so looking forward to that more stuff. But I'm just like, I care about Ahsoka and Anakin because I know in the Clone Wars, they had such a strong bond and all the stuff and the drama that happened between them. And they hurt both of them to a, to a point. And just seeing this again, and I just, I was just like, bravo, Filoni, you did it. Because it, it's not just, the visuals are cool, but if it was just the visuals, I wouldn't care. Right. It, ha- it has to have substance. I don't care. Wow, live action Clone Wars, cool. I CGI is cool. I, you know, we live in 2023. I need to have substance there for this to matter. Why are we doing this? Why are we here? Ahsoka's guilt about Anakin, about the way that she's gone about being raising her own Padawan, the her fear, fear, her fear about it, all that is coming to head. And like, and again, I wish this whole episode could have just been been all this because it was really juicy. It was really great. It is Anakin Skywalker uh, again uh, after everything he's done. Coming back to talk to his homie, like, yo, why are you going through this? What are you doing? This isn't about, this isn't, this isn't about me. This is about you. What's going on? Like, live your own life. Like, this is, I had nothing to do with you. I know you think that, like, I'm your fault and all this. Bro, relax. Live your life. And that's so beautiful. Of course, I had to fight a lot to get it because it's Star Wars, but it's lovely. And, like, the substance, the juice was there. Uh, like, Hayden Christian is great. Uh, like, there's no phone in it. And this guy, like you said, clearly loves it. Um, that's the stuff that I really cared about. This could have been an entire, you know, uh, finale of Loki of just people talking. Uh, but we got that and we got Clone Wars stuff. So it really was he's, an incredible episode all around. He's trying to absolve Ahsoka of fault in a way because he doesn't believe that Anakin's apprentice should be should feel responsible for Darth Vader. Um, there is the, like that. And I, I kind of I actually really like that idea that it, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a way he's trying to just be like, you were not Darth Vader's apprentice. You were mine. I am Anakin Skywalker. You were Anakin Skywalker's apprentice. And that is not what I taught you. Well, it, it's that. Uh, and I think it's also the, uh, my fate is not your fate. What mm-hmm. I, what happened to me doesn't mean it happens to you. Um, And like, I, I, I really like it because like what, for me, this is the thing that made me, and I want to clarify um, with what I'm about to say for Return of the Jedi, I've never, ever particularly loved that Anakin shows up as a force ghost at the end. And it's not just like the Hayden Christensen thing. It's just in general. I've never been crazy about it mm-hmm. because he it seems easy. Like for who Darth Vader was. Oh, you get the you get the gift of of you. force heaven. Uh, yeah. at, at the time, like just kind of interpreted force heaven and then more complicated as that goes. But, like, but you you get this. Here you go. Uh, here's your here's your you are in balance with the force. And what this does for me is it makes it feel far more what I'm interested in. And I and I. While I loved the idea of what they were talking about doing for Force Awakens, we've talked about before of like the, the Vader and Anakin's ghosts in, in conflict with each other in the force. I like this more, which is more about Anakin here. Hank Christensen is doing a great job. He is truly all of himself, both Vader and Anakin. 
He is all of his life he has lived up to this point, and all of that wisdom and all of that knowledge now existing within the Force. And having been such a powerful connection to the Force that when he was alive, it makes sense that when he passes, he is truly connecting to balance within the Force. And he is truly very powerful in the Force. Uh, and he reminds me a lot of <clears throat> Bendu in The Rebels, which is far mm. more about like, I'm not I'm not really advocating light or dark. I am really truly connecting to what is balance within the Force now, which is why he's able to hold, I, I have been Anakin and I have been Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. um, in in the force and and kind of be of a piece of like I I represent all these things, uh, and they are all here. Yeah, um, I love that this the entire conversation that it's not just young plucky Anakin. He's kind of brash. Like he is he is the culmination of every person he's been. You know now like this is like you know like a seven year old Anakin like yo I was kind of a badass wasn't I? I'm gonna act like it on the battlefield while I was also 19 years old. Like it's it is really cool to see like you know, him taking the form of young person while being old person. Like it's really, it's really well done. Well, I think like the, to me, um, there's a lot I love here, but my favorite line of all of it, the most important line I think of the episode is when Anakin says, I, uh, you, you are, this is not all of who you are because this is not all of who I am. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, all, all of this that you're focusing on, um, you're not just war. Yeah, I, I I wish I remembered the exact words, but he says like that you're not. That's not all of you because this is not all of me. Um, and what you've looked at as Vader is not all of me. Um, and I am I am more than that. And so you're more than that too. Uh, and that's really I think the defining thing about the episode that I that I gravitate towards so much is is this idea of like hold hold both of me and all of me in one. Yeah. Embrace that I have been all of these things, yeah, uh, and not just one of these things. Um, we are, and I think that's really, beyond. huh? We are what they grow beyond. Yes, uh, yeah, that sentiment is is absolutely here as well. Um, and I think for the definitional central character of of the main Star Wars saga to have this idea about the arc of Anakin and the arc of Darth Vader and finally feeling like those two separate identities of himself are existing here in one moment. And it's one of the reasons I think it's so smart mm -hmm. to have him only see flashes of the Darth Vader suit, but we're seeing who was in the suit. Yeah. Like he mm -hmm. is, when he's got his Sith eyes and everything, it's not just before he put on the suit, that's him as Darth Vader. That's, mm -hmm. that's who he was. Um, <clears throat> but that is part of him. And both of these things are part of him, and both of the things exist in the balance of the foresight, which I think is really, really beautiful. Yeah. Um. Now, can I say the thing I like? Yeah. Um. I seeing seeing Anakin in that outfit, specifically his his early Clone Wars outfit, um, just really cool. I was really happy about it. This is also the first time we see physical mark one clone armors we've never seen them before again once again all clone trooper armor was always cgi or animated it was never physical um and so we 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 saw in mandalorian physical mark two armor which we get here also but this is the first time we see physical mark one armor that's just really nice a little nice attention to detail that i quite liked yeah no i agree i'm really i'm really glad about them seeing anakin hayden christensen has watched clone wars and i feel like i i i think that makes a difference um sure. i feel like he especially when he's doing the flashback stuff and he's in the battle armor i feel like he's channeling that 
version of Anakin, this version he was never allowed to be. Matt Lanter? In the movies, the Matt Lanter voice, the Matt Lanter mannerisms, yeah. the, the, the bravado and heroism that uh, exists for Anakin in the mm-hmm. show that he never got to play. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's really special. Also, his hair looks great. They did such yeah. a good job getting the young haircut. For it's, a great, it's a great wig. It's a great wig. It's a great wig. Ariana Greenblatt plays young Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, yes. She's quite good in the role. I really like her. I mm-hmm. wanted to highlight something in where she says, where Anakin says to her, we, when Obi-Wan trained me, we were defenders of the peace. When I trained you, we were warriors. I had to train you to be a warrior. I really like that leaning into this idea that at this point padawans were child soldiers and what would yeah. that do to um to padawans at this point who all died at the end of the clone wars but some of them survived and what what that what that trauma did to people did to them and how ahsoka has to really like wrestle with the fact that anakin was trying to teach her to be a warrior she he was trying to teach her to be a jedi it's just she needed she needed to be a Jedi during war, during mm-hmm. wartime. Um, and it's and, and Ahsoka in this whole series, I never got to finish my training. And Anakin never finished my training. Was yeah. been her her like what would that, you know, that kind of she put that on herself that she's not a completed Jedi, essentially, uh, because she walked away from Anakin. And Anakin's like I'll complete your training in the force, but you always had it. This was always, you were never supposed to take the trauma of the Clone Wars with you. Yeah. Um, I, thing, I, I, I quite like that. The thing that like, uh, everything we've talked about, I love, but honestly, the thing that like really, I really resonated with that, like this, like we, we watch Clone Wars where Padawans are on the battlefield and they're, they're fighting. Like it's nothing like these are and, like a bunch of teenagers are fighting. Like it's nothing like, you know, it is a cartoon, you know, it's like, you know, uh, you don't think about how violent it actually is. When you're watching this, that is a teenage girl on a battlefield, and it really feels like it. And like putting that in the context of like all of the Clone Wars, Clone Wars, <clears> I'm like, <throat> oh, they need to make a live action Clone Wars. Like, I don't need that. But like now that I have this, that puts it in context like everything the Jedi have ever done, and this like with like the lens of like, oh wow, this this whole sh- this whole thing is rotten, totally mm-hmm. rotten. You just maybe you don't need to go down by the Empire, but y'all need to go for sure. Um, and it was really like traumatizing. Like, see this little girl, it's like clone sign her all around her. Her master's like, all right, let's go. He deflects a bolt blaster bolt back at her by accident. Hilarious. Great moment. You should check that gif out. It's really great. Which uh, is, it's incredible. Which is very much like an it's a heavy point of the Clone Wars. I'm not saying anything new, but like the idea of the powers that were at the top on both sides of the war were like, this is meaningless because it's the life of droids and the life of clones. Yeah. So there's really not a lot you should be traumatic about in it and like an occasionally a jedi would die and that's like kind of the 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 mind space that you would see make it okay to put them in this situation yeah but that implies these characters who you watch the clone wars you know it's not true not caring about the clones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and it is one of those things where like i don't know like yoda kind of doesn't always work for me in this context only because like i don't want to spin off on this tangent too hard but just because like yoda does recognize the clones as individuals and, and beings of life. And I'm like, bro, you're the leader of the council. Why are you okay with this? I think Yo- like, Yoda is like, is like, 
is, is like 25% conservative conservative because he's 900 years old someone's got to be old you need like you need like four of the other guys on the council besides him and mace who were like the ones who really were pushing like no we gotta go to war <laughs> like, like the liberals? you need like <laughs> you need like four of those guys really hammering home like kiati mundi was like got his dick out for war like he's he's, he's got like eight wives he's happy <laughs> really really big on it um yeah, there's something something so special, like you were referencing earlier, Brandon, like live action should be needed for validation. But what is special about doing something in, like this and putting it in live action is is really contextualizing and, and making everyone feel like, so this is Ahsoka. She was 14 years old when she became Anakin's Padawan in the Clone Wars. And it's like, oh, oh, <laughs> there's just okay. something there's just something like, again, seeing Anakin and Ahsoka in, in Clone Wars and then seeing them in live action and like, Oh my god, that's a little girl. Yeah, that's a little girl, dude. And it's just like it really does put in perspective of like, man, like this is all wrong. This is all was, this is so bad. It's okay. You turned out great, dude. You turned out so good. There's a an, a nice beat that I liked when Ahsoka, when the battle is cleared and they're and they're doing triage on the clones, and Ahsoka is holding the the hand of a clone trooper. Um, I I just think that's such a beautiful moment, such a yes. quiet small moment. That I just wanted to highlight as being very good. Oh yeah, I'm really grateful for it. A lot of people have uh, d- debated about whether it's we're seeing three memories or two or two. Um, the there's a musical cue uh, when Ahsoka first lands in the in the Clone Wars thing, and the clones are coming, and Anakin is there, and she says, "This is the Clone Wars," and he's like, "No shit." Um, <laughs> and and uh, the musical cue is the is the exact musical cue from when she first shows up in the Star Wars film. Um, uh, the clone, the Clone Wars, Star Wars film, yeah, um, and that that implies that it is Teth. Whereas uh, when when they go forward, and as you have alluded to, Brandon, the dust clears, and and there's the clones that are injured, and she says, "This was my fault. They were following my orders." That is very clearly the Battle of Ryloth from the end of season one, where um, Ahsoka's first given command of her her clones, and she gets a lot of them killed. Ryloth, uh, and the color palette of the smoke changes to kind of evoke that planet's uh aesthetic so that does make me think that we're we're seeing very quickly like her first uh uh, connection to anakin moment uh, at least alluded to and then and then prominently ryloth Mm -hmm. and then Uh, we see the siege of mandalore right and uh and uh, but uh, in that moment you know anakin has this um uh like she's she's trying to size up all of who he was and all of what he meant to her as she criticizes him for like being too jokey on the battlefield. He's like, you want me to be more serious about this? Um, And I don't want to brush over the very cool Anakin walking through the fog shot and then uh, her seeing the flash of Darth Vader walking into battle and and then back to Anakin. Even even Ahsoka has a line that says, you are more powerful and dangerous than anyone realized. Yeah, yeah. Um, Were you still all about that? (laughs) And and that's how she that's how she sees him now. After years yeah. of hindsight, having faced Vader, she's she's like, we we should have stopped you earlier. Almost like she has this moment, like no one realized how dangerous you were going to be. Yeah, and he and he very much. Had, I love his response of just like, is that what this is all about? Like you're you're not paying attention to anything. You're not learning anything. Are you so right, mad about me being back, Darth Vader? Back to the beginning, but it, but in like. <laughs> But it is the contextualization of he's like you're focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah, like you're yeah. you're just you're you're missing the whole point of of what we're doing here. Um, I yeah, really, I, I really love seeing Han. I got to do my best my best Captain Rex impression. Like, mom said it's my turn for the Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm here, baby. It's nice that it was Tamora Morrison's voice coming out of there. Uh, that was cute. Uh, was cute. Probably the closest we'll get to a, a, a Tamora Morrison, Captain Rex in the show so far. I would. They, they couldn't get him for one day, man. Um, I, I would, I would, I don't, I do believe he's showing up in this se- in this show. I don't know if it'll be this season. Yeah, I don't think um, it'll be this season either. But I do think we're gonna see tomorrow. I don't think they're gonna hold back on that. I think I we're know. gonna get tomorrow more at reunion. some point. Yeah. Old, old gray beard, and he's gonna be like, I was there on the forest food of Endor. I'm canon that I'm that guy. guy. <laughs> I'm that guy. Right. Um, um I, I did want to highlight uh before we talk just a little bit more about the Siege of Mandalore uh scene that um even I, I obviously they're doing the fog uh to cover budgetary reasons to not show the planets and the battles and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um even if they had the budget, I wouldn't want to see it that way. Yeah, personally, like I like mm. this better. I think if you had the full, like if it just looked like it did in Clone Wars, not live action, I think you lose the focus on the emotion of what's going on it's and the point. characters. Yeah. And I think that this provides the perfect conduit of being inside the force, this kind of force therapy to uh, force have therapy. that. And like, and like, honestly, like the, the fog of war yeah. is just a common mm-hmm. phrase. And so like just creating that as a metaphor within this, I also think is great. It's just like this, you are lost in the fog of war. Yeah. And also, I, it, go ahead. I was going to say it also helps with like the whole flashback thing where Soka is only focusing on like a few things like, or a few key characters and moments, be it Anakin rushing into battle and her memory's a little hazy. I just think the whole, like the whole fog of war thing and like the whole flashback thing, I think it just works the way it does. Yeah. Personally, I didn't love it. I, I think it's a little too, too much. I would have liked them to have dialed it down a little bit. I, I, I don't, I, I, I think it's just like when it's like the third memory and it's still, it still kind of looks like they're just a little different. I'm like, oh, I know, I get it. I can, no, I know I see the budgetary thing, but like, I think it's a good, I'd rather than that, I'd rather be that than I think what, what you said. I think I do, would rather look like that than just, we're just in the Clone Wars live action. I'm into yeah. the idea. Yeah. I love the idea. I love the fog of war. What Ben was saying, it's memories are hazy. It's just, when it's, when it's so foggy on our two main characters, it's a personal thing. It, it's yeah. just too for me i don't mind the background being hazy and foggy with but when when we're still in the fog with our two main characters it's just a little hard for me uh, sure. i would have liked it to have been ter- turned down just a bit on them specifically yeah, yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't dispute that i think that that would that would be fine especially in the mandalore scene to be honest that's with you. that's i think the mandalore one in particular is the one where the fog's a little thick between them specifically yeah. which i do mm-hmm. think is supposed to be like it comes it comes in even more as anakin ignites the red and mm-hmm. is pushing her um, but like, yeah, I, I, I think I'd agree with that. We get our um, Death Watch Darth Molly boy. That's, yeah. that's what I popped. Oh, man. I cool. definitely popped for that one. Yeah, that was that was good. I love those. Nice, I love nice that. practical practical uh, use of that. Again, first time in pra- first time practically. So yeah. I'm I'm okay I'm okay with being the odd man out, and maybe it, it makes sense because like you know it's such a short appearance. Does it really matter? Um, me personally, I would have preferred a different actor for the Siege of Mandalore for Ahsoka. Um, A slightly older one. Because it's a lot of time. And I, outside of like the, the, the the cosmetic differences of like, you know, her, they do her, her longer uh, top head pieces and things like that, as she's supposed to. And she's obviously an outfit. And I know the Siege of Mandalore. I don't feel like, I don't feel like it, it properly conveys the amount of time they were in the war 
and how much she aged oh, from okay. the beginning to the end. Oh, that's the war. Sure, sure. And sure. I would have gone for an actor maybe five years older uh, for that secondary appearance. I would have had two different young Ahsoka actors just to convey, like, the wars were long. Or to put her in, like, and big she, boots. And she grew a lot. Yeah. Um, I, that's, that's me. No, that's yeah, a good point. I, I don't think, that. like, I don't think that that would be good for for continuity sake it's like like yeah this is a years long war instead of like oh it's been six months i think even yeah. for i think even for people who aren't familiar with clone wars like it just it just contextualizes like hey when she started she was this young yeah this is near the end this is how old that's she a, was and it was going and it's like that's that's big she matures a lot yeah over the course of the clone wars and i i feel like they could have uh hit that a little bit harder especially teenagers like you're yeah. How different you are between 14 and, and 19 yeah. is a big difference. That's true. That's true. Um, I just want to save on the budget. That's, that's, uh, yeah, uh, I, it's, it's a small scene. So like, I get it uh, that, that, and I don't think Greenblatt did a bad job yeah. at all. That's not what I mean. It's purely a contextualization of the maturity that occurred yeah, yeah. across the amount of time in the war. She should be older. Yeah. Um, on the note of, of Anakin and Ahsoka when he returns to what is the lesson it is live or die. Um, I also think we everything we've talked about before I think rings true. The other thing I think is is something, this was my read, that Anakin is trying to impart to Ahsoka is um, in, in the way of how you respond to this. This is a lesson I failed. I chose, in a way, death. death. Because what does he say when he becomes Vader? He killed Anakin. Like, mm -hmm. contextually, as he becomes this altered-eyed Sith character, he's killing younglings, he's killing Anakin Skywalker. Killing younglings. Um, that is the death of Anakin. And then he, while Darth Vader is also a part of him, it is he, he contextualizes, I chose death in that moment. I did not mm -hmm. choose to live. Uh, and I want you to choose to live. Uh, yeah. And I think that's that's also really powerful and special, especially because they do the Ahsoka getting in close and her eyes changing mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, for a moment to the Love Sith, it. like like she can reflect that same that same destiny, and that's what she's afraid of, um, and chooses life. So mm -hmm. trying to impart that, I will say, I don't think the execution on everything about what Anakin's trying to impart hits as much as I want it to. I kind of wish there was some form of acknowledgement about like verbally about her guilt over what he turned into her personal guilt. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think the execution of everything that Filoni wants to go for in this episode is, is there, mm -hmm. but I think it's at 95%. And I do think that the idea of I, I lost this fight that I'm presenting to you. I want you to win it. Yeah. is really good. And that she chooses not to finish him because he, he did choose to, to, Pick Mace Windu out that window. Does every Jedi yeah. uh, get a je get out of jail? I'm gonna die free card and get to go into the world between worlds and get saved by my mentor, or is it just the characters that we follow? Uh, it's the one who has the sister of Mortis inside of her. <laughs> That's a good point. The thing is, I I think you you could make an argument that like both of them have a very spe special connection to the yes. Force, and so by both of their meditative powers combined, like I can accept that. This is this is a very unique. No, that that was the uh, channel. That's what I'm looking for. This wasn't yeah. a gotcha. I'm like, I I just I don't want this to be a thing where somebody's about to die. Well, they're in the world of the world. I'm like, I, I get it. Like this this concept, like it's you can't mess with it too much, man. You really can't. Or for me, at least, I think I think that it's very much a a kind of will of the force thing. The how the force connects between these two characters in particular. Yes, which also allows Anakin to reach out to her. Reach out, um, and touch faith. 
because there is something to be to be um receptive mm-hmm. of from Ahsoka uh for that. Okay, I'm gonna derail us. I can't continue. I'm trying, but I'm Dude, you you're okay, bro. You made it an so, hour forty five. I'm I, I I would have liked to have gotten to the rest of my notes, but I I cannot. Um so I'm going to bounce and you guys I would I want you guys to continue, please. I'm sorry. Do you want to sick. do you want to pass them along? Uh, I guess I can take a picture of them of them to you and uh, we'll hit them up. Yeah. All right, cool. Okay, guys, sorry about this. Enjoy the rest of the. No, dude, I get it. Yeah. Okay, sickness happens. Feel better. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on Anakin, Ahsoka, that that kind of part of the story? I uh, I heard a nasty rumor. Uh, now that the episode's over, I heard a nasty rumor before the show started that Anakin was going to battle Ahsoka uh, in the same way that uh, he fought Obi-Wan and Mustafar. And that was a rumor that I was scared to death was going to come true. But after this episode, I'm like, oh, no, y'all got mixed up about what you're talking about. Nothing like that. Happened. I will say <laughs> I will say that they do they do hearken to it. They do. With the, the start I saw of it, the, like, I see back the to the beginning, live or die. Yeah. And uh, and when he ignites the lightsaber, it's like, it's you're yeah, not yeah. seeing the same shot, but he's in the same stance when he was facing away from Obi-Wan, ignite the lightsaber to start the fight. Yeah, yeah, no, I, he turns on yeah, her. I heard, because like, there's fly, like, they were going to transition into Mustafar, and she was going to battle him in the same way that Obi-Wan did. I, that's what I heard, and I'm so glad that's not what happened. I think the only reason I would have a problem with it is because it just doesn't mean anything to Ahsoka. Yes. If Ahsoka, if we ever had a reason to know Ahsoka had been to Mustafar, knew that he that Vader's castle was there or something yeah. like that, I think that could, te- could contextualize it enough that that's fine for me. Mm-hmm. But I prefer the way that it went. 100%. Especially in the context where like, this would mean nothing to Ahsoka. Absolutely. And just be for revenge. Because again, like, fans. this was all like, like weird, crazy sci-fi stuff that we're doing, you know, like, like you know, going to flashbacks, but like, the core of it is still character stuff and the character stuff is really good. And that's, you know, that's what makes all the action really great. Um, mm-hmm. So eventually she makes it out. Right. Anakin's like, you did your job. You learned your lesson. You want to live, go float. She can hold her breath for a long time, apparently. Cause she was in that yeah. water for who knows how long she, hours. She could have been floating at the top. Not when we are. <laughs> <laughs> she sunk down right at that moment. Carson was looking for her for like eight hours. Uh, Chopper kept going lower until they were in the ocean. They eventually find her. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, oh, I just got, oh no, Brandon's sending his uh, notes through. Um, yeah, I think, I think just everything about Hank Richardson getting to do it is just so special. And then we get our, uh, Bergs. Ahsoka transition into truly being Ahsoka the White now. Yeah. Hand off the white. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. We're going to see her bald. Uh, keep that on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ahsoka. I don't know. I'm not trying to be mean. Keep that headdress on. Um, <laughs> she does a sense echo of uh, of Sabine's. Yeah. Uh, handing over. She does her best, Cal. Catches. And uh, and truly, in contrast to the Ahsoka we've had in the previous episodes, like she is, she she is more uh, at peace with um, the things that are happening now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, there's less of a disappointment. There's no disappointment in Sabine yeah. for I, this or anything like that. I, I kind of got the sense that Ahsoka somehow kind of mellowed out a little bit. Like yeah. she's not as stressed and she doesn't have such a stick up her ass. Because uh, like the yeah. other episodes, like especially the episodes one, two and three, it really felt like she was very tense. You know, like she was very mm-hmm. like rigid. And I have to go. I mean, yeah, she 
there is an urgency in her actions. Like she wants to go help Sabine. She she's vowing to Hera. She's gonna go get her friend, her um, their friends back. But she's a lot more chilled out about it. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Like having that incident fighting with Anakin and essentially her and her own resolve of choosing to live and letting go of how she, how she left Anakin is like, this isn't, you know, like that because Anakin turning into Vader was not her fault. Right. And of course she's probably held on to the skill. If I had stayed in the, with the Jedi order, things would have been different. Order 66 may never happen. We, the, the war may never have started. Um, and now that she's kind of let go of all this self-hatred or the self-anger and this dis- self-disappointment, self-loathing, if you will, mm-hmm. she is ch- like even Rosario Dawson's like at portrayal of Ahsoka. She's like, let's go get her. She's yeah. very, very much more relaxed. And she's not like we got to she's not like, go, 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 go. Notably, let's go get them. I'm going to bring yes. them back. Yeah. This is the first time that she's been advocating. I'm going to get Ezra. Yeah. Uh-huh. Too. Uh, mm-hmm. This is this is now the like. There's more hope, as we were talking about how there's an absence of hope with her when she says maybe nobody should find them if we're not going to uh-huh. be the one to find them. Uh, and now there's a lot of like hope and embracing of like the possibility of of getting Ezra and, yeah. and saving them. And this this was the arc the whole time. And I know uh, we talked about it with the first couple episodes. That, like people were like, oh, she's too strict. Like get the stick out of her house. And I'm like, no, I agree. Like this is this is the path like she's gotta she gotta get that stick out of there somehow and this was the episode to do it just yeah. anakin pulling it out and also just like talking to a giant pergil and she's like hey yeah go in the mouth and and he was like uh what uh, yeah yeah <laughs> so this is gonna get us there i don't know <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, so they get out. Uh, the map's been broken. They go to the place, the, yeah. the place where the map shows them. And like, how are we supposed to get there? She does a sense echo, which is mm. which is a little bit of like nobody, nobody thought, nobody thought before this moment. Maybe try following the Purgles because no. that's what the map actually is too. Yes. Uh, is this Purgle space? It's not a map directly well, the thing. to. I Ron. I don't know if anybody knows how they work, and I think it took Ahsoka communing with them to realize. I it, agree with you. Yeah. I I agree with you yeah. on that, but like that 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 was never a a point of discussion of. Uh, I don't think Morgan saw them before. as as a threat yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. Like that that they could be used. Right. Uh, you know, the short sided villains. Um. Uh, I did remember one last note. I want to go back on the Anakin Ahsoka thing, which is um uh really love the sound mixing for that second uh bit when he storms her out on the bridge and he's doing the flashes and vader and he hunches forward and he says you lack oh, conviction you hear his voice but you also hear the reverb of the the darth vader kind yes. of sound real good yeah that's good <laughs> good editing work there i i i'm just gonna echo everything what you guys said but that whole time like when anakin's rushing into battle and the, it's a quick blink and it's vader's outline and it's back to anakin and even when he's rushing over to the circle on the bridge just seeing flashes of vader I was just like, yeah, I yeah. was I'm because, yeah, Anakin is Darth Vader. As much as we want to say Anakin is Anakin, he turns turns into Vader. He kills He's a bad boy. Yeah, he, he is a bad boy. He turned to the dark side. But I just love seeing flashes of Vader and we're not getting a whole fight with Ahsoka fighting Vader because she wants to because she feels that she failed Anakin. And yeah, just the flashes of like, this well, is what is- I became. She is fighting Vader. She's just not fighting oh, yeah. his suit because right. this, he is Vader. this is the important thing is like Darth Vader is not the suit. Why I think mm-hmm. it was good to show Anakin, even though he's in his Sith eyes and everything, is because we are so used to dissociating the two because you always see Vader in the outfit. Yeah. But right. 
he became that was Vader. Him. That was him inside. Like in Revenge this of the is Sith. what he looked like. Like I know he was more scarred and everything, but this is him. Like this yeah. is who the man inside of the suit. And so, like, I think it was so much better to see it this way because we've seen mm-hmm. the fights. Like Obi Wan Kenobi's great. Rebels is sorry. Obi Wan Kenobi's fine. Um, it's the good. fight. It's fine. The, the fight's the, good. The, the fight is good. Um, and and Rebels is awesome. Uh, and we've seen the like bits where they confront Anakin is inside the suit, but we see the sliver. It, it wouldn't have felt right to have Vader's suit here. There's no reason. Right. Like the flashes are good to echo like the presence of yeah. him, mm-hmm. but Ahsoka's it's fun Vader anyway. But, it, but, yeah. it, but it's Anakin's body that was in the suit. It's Anakin himself yeah. who had allowed his spirit to be corrupted to the dark side and become Vader. And mm-hmm. and he is Vader even without the suit. And I I think that that allows it to be so much more emotionally connected to yeah. doing that. And we fight Darth Vader in in the, the suit in so many <clears throat> like video games too. Yeah, like we don't we need do. more Darth Vader fights. We do. What? I I was just saying it was just awesome to see the suit flashes because mm-hmm. I. I don't know why, but that just like struck a chord of like, this is good. Cause obviously yeah, I, I like seeing Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader, yes. like out of the suit. Cause you're hundred percent right. He uh, is Darth Vader. That is Anakin inside the suit. We just know the suit more because you know, it's like the most popular suit in all of pop culture. But I hundred percent agree with you that she is fighting Vader. Like when he ignites his red lightsaber, I'm like, Oh shit, we got Vader. Yeah. Um, and Brandon also sent over one of his notes was uh, the the Vader suit transitions are really well done and, mm-hmm. and cool and I I think we all agree with that like the the use of it is like just right yeah they could have the, the, the suit is there just right you see it from the back in the fog once you see a couple of flashes when he's storming the bridge that's it like you, you get it don't overdo it. it but like they don't push it and it has become an excellent meme already. Um, Brandon also said Ahsoka without a headpiece is too weird. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it on. I'm sorry, girl. Keep it on. Keep that headdress on. Uh, yeah. Purgles look great. Uh, everybody loves a good space whale. Yeah. They look really good. Uh, 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 Brandon said that the, the whole, the whole Purgle scene and them going to hyperspace and everything looked really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, hyperspace butts. He specifically highlighted, and I agree with him on this. This was something I was going to bring up is uh, the, the scene where Carson is stalling for time. Mm, yeah it's like uh, just tell us what's going on he's like okay but you're not gonna believe me (laughs) he just he just he's like uh if i tell you you're not gonna believe it but fine yeah uh oh yeah the whole the whole the whole uh rebellion comes to confront Hera. three not the whole rebellion but three three large rebel fleets like half the fleet comes to like oh yo Hera. yeah Yeah, this this (laughs) is a little ridiculous they i mean one of their best what are they doing I mean, if you think about it, they kind of do need those big ass cruisers because this is Hera, Mother Effens, and Dula we're talking what, about. What are you gonna? What are you gonna? But like, the, the, <laughs> but the point is, like, what are they doing? It's not like she's gone. Like she's not she's gone not, rogue. She's not true trying to just undo or destroy anything. She didn't even really take that many resources. She took a small squad. She took five yeah. dudes and went to go check on this. And they're like, yeah. "Yo, you didn't show up for that meeting. We gonna punish Yo, you. She, she, you are under arrest." Five dudes. They brought three hundred. You're like, yo, yeah. where are my five dudes at? <laughs> yeah, it, it like, and the thing is that, like, you know, just just two episodes ago, they were like, no, we can't spare those kind of resources. To travel out into space on a rumor, and it's like, oh, but you went, oh, okay, let like throw three capital ships, three Ben, yo, one would have yeah. been fine. You know who it was? It was that shitty blue haired senator. It was like, it Cotter, was. everybody, we need everybody yeah, yeah, on exactly. here right now. 100%. Yeah, exactly. I could definitely tell that guy was definitely on the. Oh, so 
normally protocol is we just send one cruiser to get like a gen uh, an officer yeah, who just decided to go out. Yeah, this is I just don't like Hera. Send three. I heard she loves the Empire. Shit. She told me that. She told me she, she loves the Empire. Told me. Yeah. I heard her. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 insane. It's insane yeah. that they send this much power for one of their leading generals who is so yeah. goofy. Yeah. To what I will say though, uh, on the other end of that, um, is that I think uh, everybody does a really good job of um, having that like stunned, odd expression when they see the purgles coming oh, on yeah. the planet. I think all these all these extras are small roles Absolutely. that are on the rebel ships and everything. And then Carson, of course, and, and Hera and all that. But like I think everybody does a very good job of being in awe. Oh of yeah. The Get they, out of the way. They convince me of much like not giving too too much credit necessarily to one of the most iconic scenes ever, but like very much like how well uh uh Grant and Sattler do in Jurassic Park. Oh yeah. Seeing a Brachiosaurus that you know isn't there. Like I I I feel the awe yes. and wonder of the Purgles. Absolutely. Um, which is really great because like we haven't, we've seen the Purgles a lot, but like we haven't seen that reaction. And I thought that reaction was really, really Absolutely. touching and, and powerful. And right? I love they're just going straight to, like through the fleet. And they're like, yes. we gotta get out of the way. Uh, Brandon said the same, that uh, uh, the whole bit of her engaging with the whales and, and doing all that almost brought into tears. Like it's yeah, very, very, uh, uh, wondrous moment in star wars they find they find the mama the mama purgle she she gets on the ship she puts her hand to it she communes yeah take me really far away and he's like does a does a pulls up finding nemo <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> very much uh, uh p sherman 42 while you see yeah. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, I really, I, I like, I like Ahsoka's, you know, like white poncho look. Now that, now that we're there, the yeah. thing that Filoni was very clearly driving towards, like that's cool. No staff yet, but I'm sure it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Uh, where's the, where, where, where's that staff come from? Where are the? I don't the know. Other, I, the other. The other. Are you telling me that that? Ne that all of Ahsoka takes place before that post credit scene in Rebels? No, they retconned it. Oh, like yeah, that scene happens it. in the show. Yeah. It's when it's when she comes to Sabine at the end of episode two of this show, and she says, "I think we found a way to find Ezra." Oh, they've they've altered the physicalness of that scene oh. to fit this story, so it's a small retcon. Got it. Got yeah. it. Because I was teased, and like now we're getting the full thing. And he's like, "Well, I need to take her on an arc." We got George Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. Learn from the best. A, I told you uh, when we were doing the last Ahsoka discussion that like people have talked about watching the that again on on Disney Plus yes. thing. Like I think they grayed down her That's her right. robes a little bit. I don't think they look as white as they used to. She got grayed. <laughs> yeah, uh, get out the gray. Uh, I'm. I just can't wait to see the, see the next episode. To be perfectly honest, I cannot wait. Actually, even tonight because we're recording this on a Tuesday. Oh yeah, yeah. I, at the time when. I, yeah, at the time. <laughs> Who knows so, when this episode gets released? What's, what's fun is like besides the the one shot of Thrawn that we saw in the trailer, we have now seen every single piece of promotional art that's been in the trailer, all the trailers. So we are now officially in new territory for these last three episodes. Yeah, six, seven, eight. Hell yeah, three episodes. Hell yeah. Thank God it's not a six. Oh, thank God it's not a six, guys. Uh, Could you imagine if next week was the last episode? Uh, so I, I, I'm personally in the place where I think that, um, you know we're going to spend the next three episodes somewhere else. And at the end of that last episode is going to be them getting back to the main gap. Like at least Thrawn is going to get back to Thrawn, the main gap. At least Thrawn. I will, think he's going to beat them back. Yes. Thrawn uh, will some, cause we do know the one shot of him is on the, the, the eye of Sion. I don't, that I just, shit, so. I don't think this is, 
a, a one and done season. No. Uh, even so, with the big film coming, like, it'll be so incredible if like if there has to be if like Ahsoka and Sabine are trapped in that other galaxy for a season with Ezra. Yeah, that'd be so interesting, man. God, that'd be so cool. Well, guess we'll have to find out soon. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited for where excuse me where things are headed um obviously we allude to like we are recording this before episode six came out but our episodes are far postponed because of the strikes um i did want to mention that this is one of the this because of this episode episode five is one of the first times i've really been like god damn it uh, about the strikes in the sense of i really want to hear what the writers and actors would have to say oh yeah, yeah. absolutely i really really desperately wish dave filoni could be out there talking about this episode like i think it's such a shame for his career to have uh, been building and building to a moment to like this. Magnum Opus project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he can't talk about it right now and engage with the fans over it right now. And, and that's going to have to wait a bit longer. You know what's so crazy? Obviously, the strikes are more important. Obviously, yeah. That's not what I'm trying it's to say. So I'm crazy just like, because oh, I wish I could hear. If he were just the director, he would be able to. But because yeah. he's also writing the show, he yes. can't do shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, ah, it's your yeah. show, baby. Yeah. What a shame. Yeah. What a wonderful, what a wonderful, wonderful gift. Yeah. I think this mm-hmm. last episode was. I, Absolutely. I think we're I think we're all on the same page. I know I'm sure Brandon is. It, yeah, it, it seemed like it. This definitely it feels like like the best possible way of doing like something like fan service. And like it, it's actually meaningful and like it feels like it's like it's like a buildup of everything. Like the perfect way like you like you service a fan. I don't right? like I don't I, I, I know I'm kind of people who do not watch Rebels are not going to get the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Do. This yes. is absolutely no, 100%. I was gonna, I was, cha- I was gonna change my sorry, mind. sorry. Uh, no, it's a, I, I know I'm revisiting something I said earlier, but I truly just, I don't think I realized how much I didn't feel like Anakin's story post getting the prequels because of how much we got there. Yeah wasn't finished with sure. Return of the Jedi, and now I feel like there's kind of this like epilogue yeah, for yeah. anakin skywalker and darth vader that like really makes me feel good yeah uh as a star wars fan to have feel like i have had a full journey with anakin skywalker now because in like, a way i didn't before sure uh because like <laughs> anakin skywalker is the chosen one like he you know he became darth vader but he is the one who defeats the emperor in six and i'm, I'm gonna ignore seven eight nine to discredit the chosen one thing but he's the chosen one right he's the dude like he's jesus so like the, the fact that like he had the jesus arc and then became bad but he didn't get to like enjoy the good stuff out of it like now that he's dead he became he destroyed the emperor like there should be some good stuff he should be a nice force ghost like i would love to see more anakin like yo man i messed up but i'm here now and i'm, I'm doing my best I, I i like him as like you know obi-wan and yoda are very much like these light side ghosts that can engage and i like the idea that anakin should he ever ever appear again and it'd have to be a good reason but mm-hmm. like if he were to is much more like i'm at the center yeah of the, the balance and i i kind of commune on both he's a libertarian Star Wars. <laughs> He sees both sides. Uh, the, the, in that context, I hate <laughs> it. Um, okay, I think that's an episode. That, yeah. that I knew this was going to be a big one, a uh, big discussion. Any other thoughts, Ben? I had one, but it slipped my mind. Yeah, if you got, think of it, got, if you think of it before we wrap out, go ahead and say it. Got purgled away. Um, okay, so this has been Fake Nerds Watch. We are uh, doing Ahsoka. We're doing it as it comes out, but uh, you're not going to see it for who knows how long because of the strikes, and that's okay. What year is it? Uh, I, I remember my. I remember him a bit because uh, earlier I, I touched on how much fun I can tell he and Christian was having. Uh, someone tweeted, uh, they retweeted one of something Rosario Dawson said, and I believe she said that her and Hayden Christensen went to acting school together. They did, so the, yes. So the fact that they are back on, like there was like this quick little gif of her turning around and seeing Hayden in his costume and they're like giving this, each other this huge hug. So really just seeing each other, just like seeing that bit of them on the set in their costumes like 
how far they've come along it warms my heart really yeah just especially to see how for even like with with actors like um, i'm gonna bring on my best because on my best when he first started as jar jar you know the horrible things that fans said because you know toxic fans are everywhere when that's something we mm. as much as we want to we can't unfortunately change because people are going to be dicks bt dubs don't be a dick um and the fact that he came back and people have embraced him not only as jar jar but then he has that great redemption arc in that scene of um the order 66 scene in mandalorian as a Jedi and he's doing more Star Wars stuff is to me amazing. And the same with Hayden Christensen. I remember a lot of people talking about how bad of an actor he was in the prequels. Now it's like, bring him back. We love Hayden Christensen. There's like the, the fans and people have done this a whole 180. It was like, look, the prequels are the prequels, but there's good stuff in here. We're not all focusing on the bad. And right. to see these, these actors come back to their roles and not only just embracing them, but having fun with them. It's like, it's Star Wars, baby. Let's have some fun. Let's get grooving. Listen, I man, am... <clears throat> act, acting, uh, uh, yeah, you can be a good or bad actor, but also being a good director of actors is really important. Yeah. George Lucas is not that. So no. even the best actors like Liam Neeson Natalie and Natalie Portman mm-hmm. uh, get nothing to do. So like, mm-hmm. it's 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 not all on Hayden. <laughs> it's not all right. on his fault. No, 100%, 100%. And I think that... But all those other actors, to your point... <laughs> all of those other actors to your point had like careers Career, that yeah. they could look at and be like, no, we know, we know. Yeah. And then Hayden Christensen, like he was kind of just standing on this at the time. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So just to see, I mean, I will always be happy to see Hayden Christensen back as Anakin slash Vader. I'm just glad he's having a fun time with it. I'm just glad yeah. he's enjoying life again, to be perfectly honest. And even I can tell Rosario Dawson's having fun. So I'm, I'm just happy that this show exists to be perfectly honest. Yeah, sure. I, I I agree. I think that's a wonderful sentiment to yeah close it out on. Um, to your point of what you were saying, I think like that history between Hayden and Dawson also helps with the Anakin Ahsoka you know history mm-hmm. and feeling like that connects. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, this has been Fake Nerds Watch uh, for Ahsoka. We are recording as they come out. Obviously, they are coming out for you later. You're listening to us in the future that we don't know when it is because. We have postponed our uh, episodes due to the strikes because we are in full support of them. Um, so around this time, uh, there have been other things. Star Trek Lower Decks has uh, been going out for Brandon. So those fake nerd watches are being released. Everything's released gradually as it comes out uh, once the date has arrived for that. So anyway, check out all our other stuff, whatever else has come out in our cinephiles, our fake nerds watches, real score, et cetera, et cetera. Who knows when this is, but we have tons of uh, basement arcades and fake nerd book clubs. If you want to check those out, cause we definitely were piling on those for the time when we were suspended during the strikes. True, true. Uh, and that'll do it. Uh, any other things you want to check out, go ahead to fake Make sure to like, and subscribe to your podcast listeners, to your YouTube channels, all that kind of stuff. Uh, ben, where can they find you? Well, they could find me studying the force <laughs> at Ben Maggot 27 on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok threads. They can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, GoNintendo.com, and playing Mary Frankenstein in DN Dark. Very true, very true. Ryan. Oh, you can find me making Shin Hadi a evil cleric in Baldur's Gate 3 at DJ Tony Snark everywhere all the time. Uh, you can find Brandon at uh, BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Um, he also writes for AtomicGeekdom.com. Uh, and you can find me recognizing that this is where the fun begins at Sparks Woody on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. All right, that'll do it. Until right. next time.
Stay fake nerds.